This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to and back to, I guess, <laughs> to There Will Be Dungeons, everybody. We're going to play D&D today, and we're going to have a great time. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz, John Jagger, Kristen Ashton, Kyle Ferguson, Baby Chunks, and our adventure continues today shortly. Before we do that, though, a reminder that uh, we do a bonus show every month for our supporters, and if you want to dive in and become one of the questioners for our bonus show... You can just go to the website, therewillbedungeons.com, and leave us a question. We'd love to get them. It can be a comment, criticism, a question about how Bo does something, about one of our characters, whatever you want. We're there for you, and we'll read them on that bonus show. And thanks to everybody who supports us over there. If you want the bonus show, sign up. That's at therewillbedungeons.com. All right. As usual, we cannot continue until we've heard from Kristen and her recap of what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, day dawned on the dacha. Stanley had stayed up studying his dad's dossiers while Nash had nary a nap due to noisy newborns. But before breakfast, he managed to misplace pipe in his pocket. A fearsome but fast search soon had the newborn nuzzled back in bed with Angela Ashy. Omnom arrived, as did Dilo, the elf eager to engender Stanley's stalwart stance. Seemingly suspicious, Stanley voiced to Varel his cautious concern, divulging that Diantalis had been released and ready to return. Varel spun special weapons for their chosen chase, but they soon sussed out that the cagey quarry was far from a forest feeder. It was an excited experiment, a Bearsaurus baptized Chester. They collected their characteristic killing contraptions and quit the cottage. It was a delightful day and a rapid ramble. They bellied berries borne by a tiefling. They squawked with squirrels and friended a fisherman before finally finding a river to rest by. Dawn dawned, and they headed toward the hunting hollow after hearing the howlings of their hunted. They stealthed and stood still. Varel checked chum that caught the curiosity of the combatant. Now we join our heroes as the hunt happens. What does Chester look like? Is it engorged with eggs? And why did Nash filch so many fish heads? Stay tuned for today's adventure within the sacred halls and green walls of Elhandar. All right, Bo, it's back to you. I want everyone to picture a beautiful sunny day in the forest. Get that in your mind. There are pine trees everywhere, mountains towards the background. Um, And it's a peaceful, calm day and not a day where Bo can't find where everyone's cameras are. Oh, there we go. Okay. (laughs) It's a 
calm and peaceful day in the forest. Uh, the sun is just rising up over the top of the trees. I just chucked my pen now. It's all going badly. Uh, the sun is rising up over the treetops. It's seven in the morning. The cool, fresh, crisp morning air feels good, uh, but you can feel the coldness on the lungs. And um, it smells of pine and, and you know, just foresty, fresh scent. Stanley Billings is huddled behind a dying tree, lying down on the ground, peering over as he just uh, extinguished. I believe that's what happened. He just extinguished the <clears throat> the fish head bait <laughs> wrapped in wax paper that Varel had previously thrown into the bush randomly. And you look over to see the status of the rest of the party, and Varel is leaning against a very large elder tree peering around the corner on the same plateau as you down below in the passage in the fort the, um, down below in the unevenness of the forest next to like a dirt wall uh, that's that slopes down five feet so these guys are undercover uh, Dillanoria, Omnom Hope and Nash huddle towards the wall bodies tense listening to the sounds they hear echoing through the forest of leaves crunching Twigs snapping and a <laughs> and the footsteps are slowly beginning to approach in your direction. Uh, you think. All right. Uh, I would hold very still. Maybe try and peer up and see if I can identify what's coming. From my vantage point. Okay. Uh, you would have to make both a stealth roll for the amount of noise you're going to make peering through trees and branches, and also a perception roll. One after the other, please. It is a 23 on the stealth check. Okay. And then you said perception? Yes, please. It's a 18 on the perception. Okay, so, um, all right, so you peer, oh, that's not right, you peer around the corner, or not around the corner, you peer around the tree through the, the branches and leaves to see what you can see, and it's but for a second, and it's fairly far off in your estimation, at least, well, I guess 100 feet is not that far off, but it's about 100 feet out, you can see um, through the trees like this, different texture of brown that sort of is there and then seems to slip off from between the trees. So you don't see a shape of anything, but you definitely see what you think is fur for a brief second. All right. I'm going to point in Varel's direction and cast message and whisper to him. There's something about a hundred feet ahead. I didn't get a good look at it moving about. A camouflage thumb, the color of the tree, shoots out from the side of it. I will crawl over to the edge that the rest of the party is under and whisper down to them. Stanley saw it. 100 feet out that way. Want to get it? Omnum looks around for a reaction and says, Yes! Very quietly. Lead the brave, Varel. We don't, 
We're not good hunters, so you gotta make the calls. I say quietly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to make it sound. We'll allow this conversation to occur without needing stealth rolls. <laughs> Stanley's out too far. He may get mauled. I will get the creature's attention. The rest of you get in positions. Let's do it. And I'll crawl back. Uh, just before you crawl back, Delanorio looks to him and he says, What position should I take? Should I follow Stanley? We don't know what skills you have. Why would I do the best position for you? You're going to punch it, right? That, that was the plan? Well, yes, but um, where, where do you want me to wait? Like, what's our, what's our attack formation? Are we moving in all in a line? Are we moving in one in at a time? Punching range? I... Someone in the room is how we do things. His, eye tur- his, head tur- his, his face turns white, and he's like, he wants me to walk right up to it and hide behind it? Those were the skills that you brought. You said you had your mitts. I was impressed, and now you impress me. Sorry, I, I simply want to do... I simply want to learn what the right tactics are. That's where I have the disadvantage. For hunting. Uh, I will crawl back over to the edge. Let me tell you how this normally goes. I will end up in the creature's mouth battling its tongue and its teeth at some point. The rest of the party will likely be thrown about in various directions, taking massive damage while I do so. At some point, Hope's going to get real mad about it, probably shoot it a couple times, then use something we don't know she has, because that's normally what happens, and then Stanley will melt its brain, or Nash will get confused and turn into a dragon. It's all, it all, just go with the flow, just go with the flow. Amnam then speaks up and he says, it is hard to imagine that you live so long yet remain babies forever. <laughs> Delanoria right? kind of just... Delanoria stops talking at that point and decides this isn't a good course of action. This is a friendly course of action. <laughs> just nods politely and understands. I'm going to duck back to my tree and I'm going to attempt to run across the bit of a clearing through the bushes to the next stump by Stanley. Okay, this will require a stealth roll on your part. Unless you're not and intended to be stealthy. No, no, I'm still maintaining some amount of stealth, but I'm moving at full speed. Mm-hmm. How far does that make you? Uh, just for the purpose of tactics, as you we await that roll, keep in mind that, um, obviously, the trees are impassable unless you knock them down. You can see their outlines. But the bush areas and the climbing areas would be considered considered difficult terrain unless you have some way around it. Like, for example, Nash can float up uh, side, so you wouldn't have to clamber up. But it is difficult terrain, so during combat or anything like that, it will cost you half movement. Uh, just important to keep in mind as you time maybe your, your traversal through the map. Like, the, running through the bushes is not going to be just free. You're going to have to fight bushes walking through them. Looks like I can do a dash and make it around the bushes to the point in the tree. Yeah, we're not in combat anyways. I would say your difficulty check with sneaking through a bush is going to be harder than around it, but I just assume you went around it. It's not really a, you know, in this, I just, I noticed it, so I just wanted to make sure I gave everyone the same information. Cool, I got a 15 on my new hiding spot. Okay, 15. Let's see here. Okay, um, so you make a satisfactorily quiet movement across the field. However, you did on one occasion crunch some ground underneath, and um, well, you can't be sure if that wasn't hurt or not. Okay. 
I'd like to um, do a thing. Okay. I'd like to float over here behind this tree and cast haste on Varel by saying Okay. Let's um, do a bit of research before we cast okay, the spell. Just because it has requirements and we need to know if they're going to affect the world around you. So what are your components for it? Is there any verbal? Uh, there will be. I'm gonna, it's not required, but I'm going to give it verbal. Do you want to hear my verbal? Also, how long does it last? Oh, well, no, I want to know what's required. Concentration uh, if, up to a minute. Uh, remember you're sneaking, so any sounds or whispers, run, you're going to require stealth roll or be discovered for right. spells. Right. I'll just Unless it doesn't require verbal, in which case you're probably fine. Yeah, it doesn't require verbal. This is just for Nash's own weird ego. So he's going to say... It does require verbal. It says verbal, somatic, material, a shaving of licorice root. But you have a focus, so you don't need the licorice root. Right. But you have to make hand gestures, and you do have to speak magic words. How loud do I for, speak? For haste. How loud? You can say them quietly, but they're still audible in a forest with you know background forest noise. But your voice could carry at this juncture. Plus- Keep in mind, Scott, a minute out of combat is going to go very fast, whereas a minute in combat will take a long time. So it could be done before we fight. That's a good point. Well, I'm still going to park my butt there. I'm not going to do anything yet. Uh, You can tell me that you ready an action. So, like, for example, if you want to ready haste. Yeah. I'll allow you to just be in a position to do it so that you can cast it at the start of combat. Like if you like if you're triggering an act like ready in action is available in combat, but it's available outside of combat too. Yeah. If you yeah, specify no, a certain no. set of conditions and say when this happens, even for the next hour, I immediately do this thing. Um, you know, I'll write that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would ready it. And I would okay. stay as as hidden as I can, knowing our praise in the northern direction, I would hide behind that tree and keep Varel on my side. What's the range that I need to maintain to be uh, able to receive? It is a range of 30 feet, so right now you're good. I'd have okay. to come around the tree a little bit. Um, no big deal. Especially, most of the time, I, I'm usually launching ambushes on you, and it's... I don't think we do a lot of sneaking and preparing for attack in that way, so we don't. I don't think we've had these conversations for a while. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a bit. On Varel. Now, what thing about readying it is you can't vary it once you've declared it, unless you vary it beforehand. But if something happens and the last thing I have is cast haste on Varel, and now you're like, I want to cast haste on Hope. No, it's you definitely have, something you I have would to want cast to cast on Varel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. perfect. All right. Um, and the triggering condition would be like when combat starts, essentially, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, perfect. Okay. So I need. You are moving, so I do need you to make a stealth roll for the move. Okay. Please. I'm assuming you went around the bush. I did. Oh, I'm going to use my new roller I found. Hold on. found a, a listener who made this. Okay, hold on. Oh, he made an app? Yeah, a roller app? Pretty cool. It rolls nothing but 20. Stealth plus one. <laughs> hey, you want my sweet new roller? It might help you with your game. I programmed it myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, totally safe. It won't steal your information, but it'll make you more powerful. A 17. Okay. All right. Uh, you make a, a fairly quiet trek across the forest, but you do at one point crunch leaves under your foot and a little bit of it carries. You're not sure if. Well, I'm floating, remember? I'm floating. Oh, then the difficulty class uh, is easier. So you make no noise. Right. Except, I don't know, you go. 
<laughs> Which we said everyone can hear, but it isn't a real sound. So right, yeah. So I, I won't, you know, penalize you. You're for not going to ding funny. me for that, okay? Yeah, I'm assuming you have this power to also muffle it. So it's like, yeah, it's all up. It's all up inside me now. It used to be noisy because it was my actual underwear, but now it's like part of me. So <laughs> yeah, your DNA is underwear. Yeah. You're, you're one. You're one one hundredth underwear. <laughs> you're like a tenth shifter, one one hundredth underwear, and the rest tumors. Yep, and some human. Yep, a little bit of human. We All right. Anyone else want to make some moves? Hope's gonna sneak to right around where Varel is. Okay. Make your stealth roll, please. And I will do the same. Um, Dillonori and Omnom get the message that people are taking up positions facing the north. And also move. A 22. All right. You proceed quietly, not making a single sound. <laughs> Both Dillonori and Omnom, upon clambering up the side, uh, it's hard to tell which one made the mistake, but they both decided to move up too close together, and they end up sliding down the side of the, the cliff, and you just hear a little as both of them slide down to the bottom. You can't see them, so you don't know what they're doing, but you can tell they're holding still because you're not seeing them again. And from the north, you hear, quiet. All of a sudden, the grunting and puffing stops. There's no sound. They both hear that, and that in this attempt, they, you know, they having made the noise, they decide they're going to quietly try and move uh, to certain positions. So Omnom takes uh, up the tree near where you were, and Dilanoria uh, just... Turbo quietly runs right up next to you, Stanley, behind, and sort of huddles down right behind you, uh, underneath uh, the fall, the, the felled dying tree. And he goes, "That wasn't good. I'm sorry, Stanley." Yeah, normally we try to keep make a little less noise than that when we're sneaking around. I don't think Chester's made any new noise. I fear he's discovered us. Well, let him come to investigate. We're here to fight, not here to hide. And on that note, you do hear a... And then you hear begin hearing the fall of footsteps crunching against leaves and broken pine needles. And then you begin hearing this again. And to the more trained ears, it sounds like he's rubbing something on the tree bark. I am stoked to be about to battle a great beast. I share a moment here with hope, since we have not fought together since that day at the White Tower. I've just in silent, like, fists fist in the air, a little bit of shake, and just uh, little flexes and whatnot. Just getting pumped. And I'm going to run the corner to the next tree right after that. Okay, perfect. Uh, it's stealth style or excitement style? Uh, this would be a full speed run of no stealth, but stealth when I get there. Okay, no stealth means you're going to make impacts on the ground going... Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, that's, that's fine. fine. Okay. Uh, are you in the position you want to be in? Yep. All right. And then immediately as you go... Doo, 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 you hear the scratching stop again and you hear... And then footsteps go, doosh, doosh, 
and they're they're still slow, but they're quicker than they were paced before. Not a casual walk. And floating from, uh, not floating. Sorry, I don't know why I'm using the word floating. He's not oh my floating goodness. at all. No. <laughs> floating bear. Oh my lord! It has underwear well, DNA too. No. <laughs> well, you begin to see Stanley from your vantage point through the bush, a large shape uh, of bra- patches of brown, uh, brown fur, brown fur, brown fur through the uh, bushes. You can't see the whole outline of the uh, the whole outline of what you're looking at yet, but whatever it is, it's large, and you see branches over top of where you can't see also sort of bend and sway from the connected trees all being sort of pulled and torn. You hear like the the sound of bending branches going and snapping back from, uh, if they don't get snapped off completely. There's like a and something is now walking intensely in your exact direction, uh, Stanley. Do you stay? Do you move? Uh, moving might get you seen or heard. Uh, it's coming right to your direction, though. Oh, right towards me, huh? You can kind of make it out on the map a little bit. You might see a bit of the token peeking up from the fog of war. How's uh, how's Dildo looking through all of this? Is, uh, he looking, is he looking nervous? He's just staring through the bush trying to see. Like, he's just... And if you look back at him, he's so focused on what he's looking at, he didn't notice you look at him. Okay. Stanley's just going to uh, kind of just... Give a little nod and go, watch this. And I'm going to cast Polymorph on myself and turn into a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay. <laughs> oh my lord. Uh, this will start combat. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Yeah. All right, perfect. So uh, let's get everyone uh, to roll for initiative. Right while I do, while I figure this out. I want to see the spell and make sure uh, I got everything under control here so I know it. Let so let's know. get everyone. Let's get those initiative rolls. Okay. Twenty-one. Eighteen for Scott. Seventeen for Stanley. Twenty-three for Hope. Oh wow! Nice. Twenty-three. Stanley is seventeen. Yep. All right. Now we have to have some rolls for. No, uh, stealth rolls. You're not initiative rolls. Sorry, initiative rolls. Yeah, I was gonna say stealthy T-Rex. Just be really quiet. <laughs> Roar! Roar! Okay. Roar. He has a name. It's Chester. All right. So, um, so let's get back to your polymorph. So, describe describe this in greater fullness, please. Uh, we don't often get to see a man transform into a T-Rex uh, <coughs> in front of our very eyes. All right, so Stanley, looking a little pleased with himself uh, for a change, gives D'Lo a little look, just kind of goes, watch this, and then kind of like the Mark Ruffalo turning into the Hulk as he turns, his body just starts growing larger and elongates into the form of a big, scaly Tyrannosaurus Rex. And then stands atop all the fallen trees and all of that and just roars defiantly at what we presume is Chester. Okay, so there's your token. I've been wanting to use this for a while. Hold on. There you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna put nice. your original token on the DM on the GM layer so you can see it, and I'm gonna give you control of this token. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'll describe this in a second. I just want to set up your token. I didn't know you're gonna do this. You can control the token. Uh, we're gonna call the T Rex Stanley. 
Nice. Did my trigger already know. happen? Yeah, well, I'm going to get to that. I'm oh, okay, okay. sorry. Oh, just um, sure. I don't seem to be able to get rid of you. He can't quit you, John. You're gone on our layer. Well, yeah, I don't see. Yeah, him. I don't. I don't see me. I have to. It's just I have to give permissions, but it's like it says here, determined by character settings. And I was like, that's off. All right. <laughs> if I do that, there we go. All right. Uh, you work, John. Yes. Okay, that's your token. There you go. Hey, look at that. All right. Um, so uh, with that, you begin casting the spell. Does it have magic words? I think so. I think oh, it's, it's got the whole. I think it's got the whole kit and caboodle. The whole All right. So you you stand there. You say some words of magic, and you transform into a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And as you transform, you know you're speaking in language, saying "Watch this," but it transforms into T Rex language, whatever that is, which I assume is just. Ah! So you begin just like growing, and as you grow, the tree bursts. And I'm not sure how tall you are, but you're probably as tall as the trees now. So you, you begin to rise up, and as you rise up, there's a strange-looking bear looking up at you, and it's sort of frozen as it goes. But the bear itself is quite large, maybe about half your size. Well, actually, the way I've put his token, he would be much larger. So, um, yeah, actually, he's about as large as you. In fact, in a, in a way, like width, width-wise, he's larger than you. But as you look up over, you see this monstrous dinosaur-sized bear. And what's interesting about this bear is that he has two powerful hind legs, all furry and bear-like. But then he has these short little bear hands, and you realize that he's walking on two feet. He's not walking on all of them. And then his head is large and kind of bear-like, but kind of reptilian. and has these huge deer antlers on them. And he just stands up and he goes... And he looks at you and he rises up to your height as he stands his full height. And he's just staring at you. And you hear, you hear him go... Threateningly, as, as steam billows out of his nose and mouth. He goes... And like spittle comes out. You you know that he's like staring you down. And let me reveal some more area of the map for you as you rise to your full height. Uh, GM? No. This guy right here. Okay. So you can kind of see out more. You see the Barasaurus in his full. I actually have a visual representation, but it was made by a memer. Um, and it's missing the antlers. <laughs> it's made by a memer. But, you know, if you want to just know what you're picturing, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. An approximation wow. of the Barosaurus. Uh, just this large, uh, standing on two feet thing with giant antlers. And he's, he's, he's the size of the cottage, like no exaggeration. And you're now the size of the cottage, and your T-Rex brain looks at it, and you can tell that it's threatening you to get out of its territory. To the rest of the party, John is transfor- or Stanley is transformed into a massive T-Rex. It's like knocked over all the bushes and trees around him. And you just hear... Boof, boof. Nash, you spring right into action, thinking that this is lemon tree time, and cast your haste upon the Vorel. I have a little uh, thing I say. Ready? I mm-hmm. say, um, this hunt we're on shall not go to waste. I now give Varel a healthy dose of haste. Okay, so you, you you say that out loud as the T Rex grows. Like it happens at the same time. John turns to the T Rex and you start saying your magical words. And there's act. The forest is filled with activity. Um, Hope, you are first up to act as you see everyone posture and make their moves. Uh, the bear is standing there, threatening. Uh, at any moment, he could launch into attack mode. 
Okay, Hope is going to dash to the left to get closer so that on her next turn, she can go in for some slice and dice action. Okay, so um, do you want... Okay, so you want to use a dash action potentially, or...? Yes, she's going to dash. Okay. Uh, sorry. Um, it's just on roll 20. If you, I don't want to pick for you. <laughs> if you can... Yeah, I can do it. I was just measuring. Or if you need some help, like I can, I think you can assign tokens to more than one person. So if you want to give it to Kyle or something, it's an option too. Just if your hands are full. Thanks. No, I got it. We're all good. Okay, perfect. All right. So you use your dash action. Hope runs like hopping over that log and running by the trees, like keeping cover. I imagine like a third person like action game where you're just like the big boss. Yeah, you're running and rolling, trying to get a a flanking position uh, basically to the left of the bear. So you are on the west side for audio listeners. uh, Any other actions you wish to take with your turn? That's it. All right. Pharrell, you are up next. It's always rough when those two are back to back on initiative. Yeah. Baby I trade can, off. Yep. Baby trade. Baby trade. Baby trade. The baby trade. All the right. Baby trade betrayed me. Tree. Seeing Stanley turn into a massive T Rex, I say, Stanley, you glorious bastard! <laughs> As the haste hits me, <laughs> and I go running. Feeling the power passing by now. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> and I'm able to clear the distance thanks to the... It's a beautiful thing. Additional action, I think. All right, let's what's see. going on the map Plus here. two AC, advantage on dexterity saving throws, additional action each turn can only be taken as the attack, dash, engage... Cool. So I will be using this as a dash action from the haste. Okay. All right. So you're also using the dash action to clear distance and run. To- oh, you're right in his face, huh? Yep. Okay. So you run up to uh, the bear. However, the bear is standing, you know, as tall as the Tyrannosaurus Rex. As you, its attention is not on you. So as you run up in front of it, you basically run up to its feet. Uh, you're maybe about as tall as. Uh, you know, half its lower leg. It's <laughs> very large as it stands on its hind legs to its full height. Uh, so you're standing in front of it, but it doesn't, it's not paying attention to you, is what I'm trying to say. Awesome. As I run at magically enhanced speed, I whip out my flaming sword of Grogil. I enter my rage and I go to just start beating the heck out of a leg with full gusto. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. And I've now revealed the whole map because the T-Rex has a view of all of it. All right. So you start going at the leg. Uh, do you have... Oh, you can make an attack roll, right? Yes, because I used a dash action as the hasted action. Perfect. All right. Make the attack roll, please. All right. The, we're getting reckless. So take your advantage on attacking me, should you need it. Oh, he gets advantage on you? Okay. Yeah. It's just uh, you, right? Right. 21 for the first attack. 21 for the first attack. It's a hit. All right. Hook him up with 12, 15, 20 points of fire damage. Okay. I think I made him too large. Okay. 25 points of fire damage. Okay. 
20 points, but thank you for the bonus five. Oh, <laughs> all right. I'm marking it down. Now. 20 points. All right. So you're swinging your flame sword? Yes. Which weapon? Okay, perfect. The flaming sword of Grosjean. Second attack is a 24. Perfect. That's also a hit. Uh, hook him up with 13, 16, 21 points of fire damage and Ooh. the... Oh, now, now four for the burst from the rage. Okay. Uh, any 20. friendly? Thing? No, no. They're fine. Yes, and unattended wooded objects and stuff are safe from my... It's only creatures for the aura burst. Perfect. Okay, so you I think total with those two attacks, you run up to it, your flaming sword, you whip it out, like just in a great flourish as you run and you swing at the legs, striking deep as the flame sword digs inside its sinews and the bear looks down. You've done actually a tremendous amount of damage to its, le- its legs, like flaming sinew in two, to the point where it's like, I don't, the pain probably hasn't registered for the bear, but he immediately looks down, sees you and goes, <gasps> I roar back at him and go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so he's no longer paying attention to the T-Rex, the T-Rex, but you've severely injured his legs, uh, and he is now paying full attention to you. You are now the source of his attention, or the focus of his attention. Nash, you're up next. All right. Uh, I'm going to float forward to be a little more useful. Um, hold on a second. Where am I? There we are. Okay, I'm going to move... Uh, it looks like I called him Cheater, even though his name is Chester. I'm going to go right there. Did you see that? Okay, yeah. Um, put in, you put in 30 feet. Yep. And now, uh, from there, and there's no... We don't have any ads yet, right, of any kind? We haven't seen anything else? There's no ads. There's a, you're hunting a bear. It's just a damn bear. All right. It's not a raid boss. <laughs> it hasn't spawned its ads yet. When are we going into phase two? I like how I'm being indignant, but like that totally happens all the time in D. <laughs> yeah, you do it all the time. You've always got ads. Yeah, yeah. here's a hundred people in the bar. Fight them all. <laughs> I'm going it's not realistic if there's four. There's a hundred. I'm going to uh I'm gonna cast reduce on this creature. Okay. Oh, I can't because it's active. Never mind. I forgot. I have concentration going. I can't break it. Um, I guess people with ADHD can't be sorcerers and stuff because they need concentration. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't take those spells. <laughs> All right. Um, well, instead, let's do. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna make an assumption about this bear. We're gonna just throw a cantrip at it and do ray of frost, which is okay. uh, sixty feet. So it's plenty. Um, Varel not in my way, right? Or is he? Uh, Can I uh, draw your line? Yeah, you got yeah. Line, yeah. Yep, you're gonna clip him. Damn it. Oh, there you go. You can you can hit him. You have an angle to hit him. Do I have an That's angle? That's fine. Alright, we'll aim for that yeah. aim for that angle. Don't roll a one. I'm gonna do my best not to roll a one. So here goes. Uh that is a... Oh jeez, a twenty-six. Okay. Wait, that can't be. Where's the plus seven coming from? Hold on. This is wrong. Sorry, my new roller here may be confused. 
Okay, sorry. Let me take that off of there. That is actually a 19. Okay, that's a hit. Okay. <clears throat> um, then I will fire a ray of frost uh, from my hand, my left hand, at the creature and do some damage. Now, let's see. 3d8. I like the beautiful, peaceful birds in the middle of this combat. It fits, actually. Like, it sounds weird, but it's just a calm morning in the forest. And Yeah. You know, I mean, we do have a lot Violence has broken out. Yeah. Violent, peaceful place. 17, hits, uh, 17 points of frost damage. 17 points of frost damage? Okay. Perfect. Let me just check the stat block, please. Two eights and a one. Jeez, that's great. All right. Uh, so you do 17 points of damage. Was there any other effects with your ray of frost? No, it's um doesn't do anything to him. That's that's just damage, unless he's okay, resistant. Slow him or make him cold or anything no. like that. It's just it's just ice damage, basically. Right. I thought it reduced movement or something. Hold on. Let me let me just make sure. On head takes one. Yeah, speed, speed is reduced by ten feet. Yeah, okay. but he's not going anywhere. He'll he'll still he'll just sit there. So wait, you you didn't you were like yeah, but it's fine. You don't know because we're gonna kill him before he even moves. Is that- <laughs> well, I guess if I gotta, runs, I, gotta yes. I gotta know these things. So I have to apply the if I he runs. This space, I'm tracking right? this on paper. Yes, first if he tries to get out of there, he is. We have reduced his speed by ten feet. All right, and you've done seventeen points of damage. To Correct. Right, As the parasaurus so. goes down, everybody look out for ads from the trees. Yes. <laughs> The 37 drop bears descend. I have a reputation. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> the ray of frost shoots out this like fine, like laser of like ice energy, just like, and it hits the bear and immediately a patch of like frozen cold snow and ice, like make clump up his hair. Cause you know, he doesn't shower. So it's all sweaty and greasy. And it just clumps up into this frozen mat of white on the Barasaurus as it stands with little bear arms and antlers. And it goes, ah! <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else you like to do with your turn? Nash? No, uh, grin maniacally. That's it. I'm good. All right. It's time for, uh, Valerosaurus Rex. <laughs> uh, okay. As a giant stomping dinosaur, are these bushes here still difficult terrain for me, or do I just smash through them? Uh, that's a great question. You just smash through them. Uh, yeah, you just smash through them. Okay. I could yeah. get to them either way, but I do think it's cooler if I smash through them. I mean, you can get to them using a dash action if that did apply, but you probably want to. I think you're giant T Rex. I think you're good. Okay, so he's going to go smashing through all the bushes and trees and just run right up to uh, Chester and try and take a big old bite out of him. All right, he stands at your height as you try to bite him, but he's focused on Burrell at the moment. That's a natural 20 on the first bite Uh from the T-Rex. Well, it's double damage dice, and what's the T-Rex got for damage dice? 4d12 on the bite. (sighs) You know, that classic hunting technique of turning into a (laughs) T-Rex. It'd make make hunting so easy if you could do that. Uh, That's going to be 33 points of piercing damage. Jeez. Bite down on his neck. And I think you get... It's a multi-attack, right? It's just your it first attack. It is, but it can't be against the same target. Oh. So, uh, oh. It's a bite and a tail, and it can't be against the same thing. So okay. 
it wasn't a great choice to polymorph into, but I couldn't resist the idea of a T-Rex versus a bear T-Rex. It was so. a great choice. I disagree. It was a great choice. All right, so you, you bite for the damage again, sorry, please. Uh, it was 33. Okay. Oh, wait a Perfect. minute. No, I lied. I only did... That was regular damage. I didn't... Yeah, I thought it sounded low. I guess you just... I thought you just rolled low. Okay. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me roll... Okay, let me write the 33 so I don't forget that. Let me roll four more d12. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Oh, it was a bad roll, though. Yeah, but who needs so, a dragon when you got this? That's going to be 41 points of piercing damage. Okay, that makes sense. It's 41. Okay, sorry, just doing math hard. Okay, perfect. Something wrong with my math. Anyways, um, uh, you take a deep bite into its chest. Actually, I think it would be more on the neck, right? You're wild animal, yeah. so you take the bite. Like, you just bite down on a second. And because it's a critical hit, you get a firm grip on it. And you have him grappled in your teeth at this point. Um, and you take a firm bite, teeth sinking into fur. You can, you, you taste like, I mean, you're a Tyrannosaurus Rex now, so you don't care that much. But you taste like greasy, sweaty fur all in your mouth. And then the blood spills into your teeth and rolls down your giant lizard tongue. And it feels amazing. Ugh. Your dopamine is like through the roof. And you're just like, I want to do this. All of it. You're just like. You're, you're possessed by the hunt and the thrill of uh, catching prey. And to everyone else, this just looks like a giant T-Rex bringing his face down into the bear and biting it, clamping down, and holding it. And then the two are, like, like locked in a struggle right now. So they're, like, moving, but then they stop moving and then move back. And there's just, like, this large grapple happening between these two giant creatures. Uh, it is now Chester's turn. So Chester is grappled. Okay, so we're going to have a strength contest. Cool. Okay. Uh, so on the stat block, it's hard to add up. So I just usually add the modifiers because you know they're not trained in athletics. Right. Get training. So it's a plus seven to strength. Yeah. Let me make our rolls. I rolled a twenty. Jeez. Uh, let's see. That's going to be a. Uh, only a 17 for me. Okay. My total roll was 20. Well, I'm not going to take my total roll. It was more than that. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the the Barasaurus pulls himself out from your teeth and you taking out a chunk of flesh with it. It's an animal. It doesn't think about these things. It just removes itself from your mouth by losing a piece of his neck. <coughs> Excuse me. I got like a scratchy throat today. By removing yourself from its neck. Ugh. And then the Barasaurus looks at you, Chester Pharrell. He, he looks down at you, looks at you really quickly. Ugh! And then he launches himself into the air. Uh, let's see where he's going to go. Uh, let me get my ruler out and find a good spot. Yeah, that's 60 feet. He launches himself. He jumps. His massive hind legs have this amazing force. And he launches himself up into the air. Uh, tens and tens of feet, making this huge, unlikely jump for a creature of its size, and then lands against the tree, cl like clambering on with his two hind legs about 50 feet up the tree. And I'm going to mark how many feet he is up on this red thing. Um, he's 50 feet up the tree now, hanging off the side of the tree, looking down, and he goes... <gasps> 
and that's all of his movements for the turn. So we now move to uh, attack of Om opportunity Nam. for moving out of my zone. Uh, yes, that's correct. Oh, me too, right? Do you have that feet? Oh, that's available to everyone it's as a reaction. A weapon, yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. a it's weapon. It's your basic attack. attack, so it's not going to be your bite. Probably your claw, I would think. I don't have a claw. Bite is my basic attack. I got tiny little arms. I'm not capable of holding. You got to do a claw. That's just my rule because you had him gripped and pulled out his flesh, so you, your mouth would be indisposed for opportunity attacks. But you could okay. swipe or I don't, tail wipe I don't, or anything. Oh, else. Okay, you want me to do tail? I'll you do can do it. anything else. Just your mouth was busy chewing on a man. Or a bear. Okay. Sorry. I don't, a man it's a a bear I was trying to make a joke, but it's just weird. It's <laughs> a 21 to hit, then. Because <laughs> he's a bear, not a man. Right. So it's like 21 to hit, and you hit. Yeah. A 28 for me. Okay, these are two hits, so give me your damage. Uh, 20 damage for me. Well... Uh, 17 fire damage for me. Oh, jeez. Okay. Okay. One sec, math. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you, um, what did you hit him with, John? My tail. Okay. So you whip him with the tail and you snap it so hard that it actually opens flesh in his belly as it jumps into the air. And then Varel, you catch your sword and because it's like partially an ethereal flame sword, you drag it across like whatever you can, slicing open a large part of his flesh and this the streak of fire emerges along his side of his body, and then the flesh opens up and just spills out like guts and like his intestines are like dangling as he's flying through the air, jumping on the tree. His intestines and pieces of flesh are like dangling like this giant streamer behind him to the point where like it falls on the ground as he hits the tree. His guts just make this giant trail on the ground. Which uh, let me see if I can't find some entrails here to mark the map appropriately. Uh, I must ha- I have entrails right. But there's a large, from both of you, like, ripping him open as the force of his jump occurs. Uh, okay, I think I'm just going to find blood. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Normal stuff. Dead. All right, it's taking too long to search, but uh, I thought I had blood. You had it in the Oh, there we go. Map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have lots of blood. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to put it on the map layer. I know it's not important, but it's just kind of... Oh, well, that has bones in it. That looks weird. I just want to represent the trail bow. Stop obsessing. Okay, here we go. You guys see the blood? Mm-hmm. Okay, so just... This trail of blood from where you... <laughs> you ripped him... Both of you ripped him open uh, synchronized style. Okay. Perfect. There you go. Lots of blood. And that was smoke, which is now cleared. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so you rip him open. He's, he's now 50 feet up on the tree with his blood and guts pouring down like rain from above him. If it was a movie, the camera was below him. You just have blood and just junk dripping down. And it is now Omnom's turn. And Omnom is inspired by this Tyrannosaurus Rex. And he says, Fulvazak Fall! As he yells out and runs from, where did I put him? Uh, from behind the tree near where the starting of this happens, uh, he has to use a shun. So one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, and he doesn't get all the way there, so wasting nothing, he burns his action surge and then runs uh, 
he burns his action surge and actually he's close enough to hit him so he just runs up and then he's going to uh, swing at him oh god I made a character sheet for the guy and I don't know how any of this works <laughs> uh, he heal I forget now okay so he has two attacks all right. First one is a miss as he swipes for... Oh, no, he can't hit them. He's up in the tree. I forgot my own story. Okay. He makes an attempt to climb the tree. Athletics roll. 18 plus... He rolls an 18 plus his uh, athletics of plus 8, which gives him a 26. And he starts storming up the tree, climbing all the way up to his leg. But unfortunately, he's out of action to actually do anything. All right. That's his turn. Dilo also has a turn. And he looks up at the bear, and then he looks back to you. He looks at you in T-Rex form, and he's very out of his depth. And he readies an action for when the bear's ready to come down. Hope, it's your turn. Okay, so there are intestines pouring out, correct? Yeah. On the ground? All right. So Hope is going to see that the bear jumped back to where she was. She's going to shake her head and she's going to immediately switch directions and use her action to dash to where the closest thing of intestines is. And then she'll use her action surge to grab hold of those intestines and start pulling. Okay. So it's, I'm measuring out here. It seems like the closest place might be about 40 feet, like right there. Perfect. So uh, that'll probably burn movement. Do you have 40 feet of movement or 30? Uh, oh, 30 that, if I'm that, not dashing. That's also difficult terrain. So you have to count that as double speed. Any square with bush in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got. You can't just run rip to the tree like the Tyrannosaurus Rex style. <laughs> like a certain other person that we're playing here. <laughs> okay, it looks like I can run down and then over. Okay. Yeah, probably. Uh, the straight path not there, but you'll have to use your dash for sure to get there. Okay. Cool. And then action surge to grab on to a big thing of intestines and just start pulling. You're just going to start pulling? Yeah, she can't reach the bear. As hard as you can? This is an uh-huh. athletics check? This is just like... Like are you trying to, a gym class. Are you trying to pull the bear off or pull it out? Like, what's your intent with the pulling? Pull the intestines out. All right. Well, does anyone want to help her make her roll? I guess they, they'd have to have readied that, so you're on your own, I suppose. Yeah, I'm a T-Rex. Uh, I sorry, can't help I forgot much. we were in combat. May destiny be with you and your dice. Uh, it looks like I rolled a one. Oh, <laughs> oh no. shit. Oh, no. Okay, so you... You run, you know, you find your way around the bush. You like, you're like hustling, right? You're just like, oh, you run around. You're like, you got, I got to do this, guys. You run as hard as you can. You make it there. You see the big like pile of intestines and entrails dangling from the tree and then lying on the ground. And you take an arm and you wrap it around in both arms. You see what I'm doing? You're wrapping it around, and then you just go. Aah! And a particular thing happens. You pull and you pull with all your might, and the pull goes well. And shockingly, it doesn't snap. But the Barasaurus, severely injured, loses balance and falls from the tree and falls on top of you. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh, dude. That seems bad. <laughs> Bring it. Roll those dice. Make sure everyone can hear it. All right, and that's 50 feet up. So I got to roll damage dice for the bear. 
Good lord. Uh, so, oh no, thirty feet is fine, and then it's every d ten, every ten feet above thirty. I think you. Oh no, it's every ten feet. Ten feet is fine. Every one above ten is a dice roll. So five d. Well, I'm always getting this wrong. Is it five d six or five d ten? I think I've been rolling the wrong dice for this. Fall damage five e. What is the dice for it, please? It's one d six bludgeoning damage. Okay. Perfect. That one went away. I have a backup. All right, it takes 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It takes 17 points of damage on the way down. So what everyone sees is Hope pulling on the entrails, and then the, the tree snaps on the weight. That's how this happens. You pull, the tree snapping, and the tree also comes down. Nash, you need to make a dexterity check as well, please, as the tree comes tumbling down to, towards the north, towards Hope. All right. Omdom has to make one as well. 14. Okay. Uh, the tree falls on you. Damn it. Um, as well as Omnom falls under the tree as well, so you'll be taking damage from the tree. So let's do the tree. Oh, there goes more dice. It's got so many dice. <laughs> Careful at night when I you just walk. Just imagine Bo's floor after a D&D session. It's just like <laughs> you, a kid who's been playing you, with Legos. You laugh, but my family came over, and there was about 10 dice like all over the floor, and I had to go around and pick them up so my place looked like a normal place that you would visit. Wow. So, yeah. They only All right. Heard um, threes or sixes or whatever. Okay, so Nash, you're going to take twelve points of damage. Okay, from the tree knocking you as you try to dodge out of the way. Same with Omnom. So, oops, I got right. that twelve point. I said twelve, right? Yeah, twelve. That's what I put in. Sorry, I'm having a hard time. Okay, so you both take twelve damage. Now you also take twelve damage. Hope bludgeoning, but. The bear also lands on top of you, and that causes more damage than the others. <laughs> Only okay. hurts my pride. You take, so you took the 12, and you take an additional 34 points of damage. And you are now uh, crushed under the bear, and you are suffocating. All everyone hears is... <laughs> Yeah, so you, so you pull the bear down by his intestines off the tree. The tree falls and smashes, clipping Nash and Omnom as they clear out of the way. The bear itself lands on top of you and skids, take, dragging you underneath with it. And um, the good news, although you're not aware of this, Hope. Hope wouldn't be aware of this, uh, but it drags you a little bit in here. Uh, the bear dies as it hits the ground. <gasps> And guts just explode out everywhere in a big splat underneath the bear, a chest of the barosaurus, and its rib cage just kind of just goes, and all these like bones start shooting out, including you. Hope you can kind of feel that like bones have like impaled the ground around you, sort of blocking you in as well as you sort of feel your hand around. You feel the weight of bones under there, and um, yeah, and and you just hear a. <laughs> And then the bear sits motionless. Dillonoria immediately runs to the side. We have to help Hope. She's trapped underneath. And he begins trying to lift and, and strategize a way in there. Hope's Congrats. trying to find the nearest bone so she can use her dagger to find an opening in the hide to try and cut up. Okay, as you try to move around more than just your hand to feel around, you realize you're also restrained under the weight of this thing and can't move. Except you just your, just your hands, and maybe you can should be your arms a little bit. 
So you can kind of feel the bone, but you can't get your hand in a position yet where you can do anything. Did you have weapons out? Um, no, no, she wouldn't have pulled her dagger quite yet. Yeah, so uh, if it's somewhere accessible, you can kind of move your hands around your abdomen area a little bit, but you know anything in your boots or in a backpack, you can't get that. Yeah, like belt or pockets or holster, if that's what you, where you have it. Uh, the rest of the party, you see the the, the fall dead as it hits the ground and crushes Hope uh, underneath. All right, I will <laughs> glorious and run straight over to the side of the bear. Uh, as I round, I wouldn't see Hope. I would see Delanora, Della, Delanoria, yeah, Delanoria, and I will instead, in my hasted excitement, run to him. Get in there! And I will pick him up <laughs> and throw him on top of the bear. Okay, a uh, strength roll. He resists that because he doesn't get what you're doing at all. So this is going to be a uh, contest of strength versus his acrobatics, his ability to dodge. Remind me to give haste to Varel every time, always, forever. It is a 25. Okay, you win. And <laughs> you pick him up by, I assume, the back of his neck and his belt and toss him... <laughs> Toss him on top of the bear, and he goes whoa! But uh, he does have quick acrobatic movement, and as you toss him up, he lands gracefully on his feet. Also, he's an elf. He lands on his feet up there, like in his hands, just in a position as if he was climbing the whole time, like a cat. And then he climbs up to the top, and he looks around, and he says, uh, uh, "What should I do from up here, Varel? Get him!" And then I will turn to Nash is under a tree, right? Uh, well, Nash got hit by the tree, but he sidestepped it. Okay. He's cool. not crushed. Yeah. Not dead. Cool. So I, with haste, I did move action, and I'll use my other action to try to uh, flip the bear on its side and lift it. Okay. Strength check, please. I'll be like, check this out. And I'll squat down and put my hands under it in my rage and just, you know, lifting properly straight back, you know, squat, squat. Go for the, go for the bear flip. I will assist. Can I assist? Nat 20. Th- Oh, if you assist, you give him your, uh, well, I guess we don't need to. What's your modifier for the total score? Uh, 29. Because uh, nat 20s are not auto-succeeds on skill rolls, only for attack rolls, right? So keep that in mind. However, with a 29, you have definitely beat the DC that I set, which was quite high for this. And Pharrell, you by yourself, unassisted, get down. With Dilanoria standing, you just threw on top of the goddamn bear. You pick him up, throw him up, and you're like, get in there. And then you bend down on your own, and every muscle is now just flexed to the max. You are a flex, like, god at this point. You use, your lizard scales, like, outline the musculature of your body, and you lift up the bear. But not all the way up, just like a car being tilted on its side. And you see Hope standing there like a pancake in the dirt. Uh unable to move, but you are now freed. And Hope, uh, you look up uh, and you see the bear move up and the stink, the fresh air waft in and you just see Varel, uh, lizard folk of pure muscle holding the bear up. And he says, Oh, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) 
hope will crawl out. Is it on your stomach or just, uh, you know, if it's, <laughs> like, if I want to picture like what's happening near Voral. You're just like, uh, uh, uh. yeah, she just, yeah, she rolls onto her stomach and slowly crawls out. Okay. Hope is now away from the bear. Do you wish to continue holding it for uh, continued uh, pride um, points? Uh, no, I would, I would uh, lower it back down safely as she emerges. And with whatever remains, I guess it would be, it's a minute of haste, right? Yeah, so one, I would have about. Well, we burnt six seconds, so you have 54 remaining. Right, right. So yeah, and you did an action, rounds. so you've got maybe 48 or something like that. So for the next 40 seconds or so, hasted, I will begin uh, walking around, inspecting the body and, you know, looking around to see what what I want to make out of it. What, this is a fine, a fine piece of work. I can't wait to design a shield or something out of it. Are you like just a uh, stream of conscious talking to whoever will listen? <laughs> or are you doing this in your head? <laughs> Most of it's in my head, but every once in a while there's like, Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I like to picture you're doing this faster than usual. So you're like, yeah, <laughs> there's just this lizard folk. Who's like moving his head in a lizard way, looking around, but like, like caffeine addiction style, just like, <laughs> all right. Um, perfect. Congratulations on slaying the creature. It remains still in your hands and blood drips from every opening that you've made in it. Including all the entrails spread across the forest. Omnom jumps down from, well he wasn't jump. he gets up from where he had landed from the falling tree. And he says, Forel, you did not save any for me. That means you truly are the Great Fang. And any question in my mind that perhaps I should be Great Fang has been answered. You are clearly an exceptional lizard folk, the best among us. I am proud to serve you, for it means that I am strong too. And he seems for the first time himself. Nice. I will break my my focus as the haste fades and say I'm numb you've done well I'm glad you could be here to witness this glorious kill all my friends have performed well this day this beast did fall and literally fall from a top what a fine kill yes it was an excellent kill deserving of tales and song so that it will be remembered, shared with ch- I will share this with my children. This story will be told for generations. It will include the fact that your friends were excellent in battle, but your apprentice, well, he looks to you, Stanley. Your apprentice, uh, I believe, might be a yellow belly. Dilanoria just looks and doesn't react to it. Gets back to trying to figure out how to get down from the bear. Hops off. Stanley's still a T-Rex. He comes stopping oh, yeah. over. <laughs> so Omnom just looks at you like you're normal and doesn't react to the fact that you're a T-Rex. He's like, see, Stanley, he might be a yellow belly. Uh, yeah, the- but to everyone else, a giant T-Rex casually ambles to the social circle around the bear and... It just lets out a triumphant roar that just 
shakes the forest, enjoys the moment of being a T-Rex and being powerful, and then as the roar dies, we'll let concentration go and revert back to regular Stanley. Okay, well, let's get you your regular token back, but that was awesome. What a, what a kill. What a kill, you guys. All right, so um, you transform back into man mode, uh, or human mode. Man mode. Yeah, didn't mean to make it a gender thing, just, you know. Oh, no, the map's getting moved. Okay, uh, I'm getting your tokens. That's why this is awkward. There. There you go. Back. Stanley's back. All right, so you're now back into elf form, and uh, and Dylanoria jumps off the top of the bear. Hope crawls up from underneath. Pharrell's still holding him upright, speaking in to Omnom. And Omnom has just approached you and said that your apprentice is a is a coward. Well, true. He didn't exactly get a chance to show his stuff. Maybe we are a little too used to fighting stronger foes than this. We we certainly didn't hold back. Stronger foes, you hear Dillanoria say. This is the most dangerous creature in this forest. You killed it in six seconds. He's kind of actually has sort of this horrified look on his face. Your power is incredible. Well, you did say you wanted to learn from us. What did you learn? I think I might have learned perhaps I'm out of my depth. That was an unexpected lesson. Trails off. You don't think you could have performed even remotely? At this level. This is the problem, Omnam says. Thinking! Why are we thinking? He puts it to the group. (laughs) The way I see it, there are two individuals here who missed out on an opportunity to uh, engage properly. I don't know, maybe they should spar a little bit. Uh, Dillanoria looks around. He seems to be aware that he's the one, but everyone else looks at each other and doesn't know who the second person you're referring to is. Omnom, do you still have a bit of rage you'd like to get out? Are you asking me if I wish to kill? I'm not saying kill. I'm saying maybe maim a little bit. Light maiming. I am suspicious of this question, Vorel. It sounds like I am meant to fight, but fake fight and hold my punches. Omnom does not do this. Well, you heard the man, Stanley. He does not do this. All right, bad idea then. I will spar if I may kill. I'm not going to let you just kill somebody, Omnom. You will not let me do anything. I do what I want to do. Yeah, how did that work out the last time you wanted to get in a fight? It worked out fine. But why do we argue over this great victory? We should be celebrating. Yes. We should be ripping out its teeth to make clubs and shields. Yes. We should be feasting on the meat which has been provided by this great beast. 
But perhaps num- we should first inspect <laughs> it for worms. Omnom immediately begins eating it. We've learned our lesson. His face is in the... Is in, unless you want to roll to try and capture him before he goes. I will allow that. I, I will just talk at him while he goes at it. Uh, he's like, sorry, I must... I must cure my sadness. I must eat the flesh of this thing that we slaughtered. Even if it has worms, I cannot live with sadness. And then he puts his face into the, the fur of the beast and begins to hear him chewing. And, like, blood begins pouring out of the hole he has his head in. He has his whole also face. suffer from a great sadness that can be countered with meat. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, I have melancholy from time to time, I suppose, just like everyone else. But, uh, you know, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't believe it's scientifically proven that eating meat cures you of uh, depression. Uh, then you may wallow. Pope! You glorious fool, pulling down the beast from its own entrails on top of you. Excellent. Hope will nod with a smile, as if to say it was nothing. And I'll pat her on the shoulder as I make my way around. Stanley, you, the T-Rex of the room. Hi. Oh, it was a pleasure to... To fight by your massive size. Well, same to you, Vorel. It was very impressive. A Nash. Good spell, Nash. Thanks. You moved real fast and your voice got weird. Worth it. I enjoyed it greatly. Let us do it again. Now, to the teeth, I say. And I will start pulling out teeth. Alright, very quickly Deloria looks at you, Stanley, and says I have a, a just a curiosity for you. What, sure. What, what were your thoughts like when you were a T-Rex? A Tyrannosaurus Rex? Um, not really thoughts exactly, more just instinct took over. All of a sudden I recognized allies and enemies not as Identities. I knew that I did not want to strike Varel, but I knew that this creature, this powerful creature before me, was something that needed to be defeated, squashed. Are you not? Are you not curious what might happen if you lost control? Or is that such a thing not possible? You mean as me, not as a yeah. T-Rex? No, as a T-Rex. Oh. <laughs> You know, because you're a T-Rex, maybe you'd give in to your to the animal side of whatever you're transformed into. I guess I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, I know somewhere in the back of my mind that I'm keeping a spell together that I'm concentrating on. Um, it requires almost all of my attention, but I do know how to break it when I'm done with the spell. Just as I am aware that I need to protect it should I be attacked in order to maintain it. You said you weren't familiar with magic, but casting magic is about compartmentalizing your thoughts, your focus. It's sort of the same principle. He nods, listening, trying to take the lessons from your words. So while... As a T-Rex, I'm operating on a killer fight instinct. Somewhere, there's a little sealed part of my mind focusing on a more 
arcane men. It's very impressive. Far beyond what I expected. You truly are great heroes. One can scarce believe it. I don't think we've seen any for millennia. And he looks down, he considers the bear quietly. And as the conversation continues, uh, can I get your passive perceptions, please? I'm sure you'll qualify. I just want to know what they are. And for the audio plot listeners, it's nice to know your stats sometimes. So passive perception, please. Passive perception for Stanley is 21. Passive for uh, Nash is 11. Mm-hmm. 16 for Hope. 15. All right. Everyone headphones off. But Stanley, please. 30 seconds. Oh, if it's too inconvenient, you know, you can. <laughs> I, I just saw a lot of camera shaking and hope like walking off. I was like, oh. All right. Um, Stanley, uh, you can hear the sounds of very light footsteps, not human necessarily. In fact, most likely an animal of some kind. Uh, light on its feet, but you hear. It's as if someone's walking or some animal's walking cautiously and approaching, but it doesn't sound malicious or predatory. Uh, but you hear footsteps of some sort of wildlife, several. You don't, you're not sure how many, but of several um, inching their way closer. Almost sounds more like cautiously. Okay. Light footsteps, light crackling, light crunches from pretty close, but nowhere you can visually see. Okay. Any questions before we resume, or no? We are back. We are back. We are back. So, all right. Stanley would drop his hand to the sword and just very quietly to the group mention something's approaching. I don't think it means us harm, but be ready. How do you know? hear it we can't hear it just hope wait. we'll pull out her dagger is the sound getting closer or mm, the sound ha- so you inform the party of the sound the sound that you hear is slowly approaching and continuing yes and we can't hear it right just to be sure clear right now no okay it's not close enough uh, Stanley has high perception and he's able to hear things farther out than the rest of you. What direction? Uh, what direction was it coming from? Uh, it appears to be coming from the west. Stanley would just motion in that direction. Hey, I'll jump off the bear's mouth where I've been you know, pulling teeth and make my way in front of the party. It looks like there's a clearing through the trees here, so I would start walking that direction okay. in order to get to this area. Okay. That allows us to have a bit more of a meeting space or a fighting space. Okay. Um, yeah, perfect. Stanley would also try to slip up, try and get a, a better vantage quietly. Okay. So you, you guys are going to take hiding places and make stealth rolls, basically? Or I guess Varel's out in the open, but the rest of you, I mean. Yeah, I try and do it stealthily. Uh, 17 for the roll. Okay. Hope won't be stealthy about it. Oh, no. Okay, perfect. 10 for me. 
All right, I actually have to just reload roll 20 because there's menu items that are covering up everything. All right, 20 for you, Dash. Yep. No, sorry, okay. 10. 10. All right, so move your tokens into a position where you're, you are comfortable. Okay, and Varel, you're the one standing out in the open as the official greeter, it seems like, with hope. That's the plan. Okay. All right, so you peer quietly for a moment, and eventually you start hearing these soft, very light steps on the grass uh, to the west. They don't sound like the steps of a big, heavy animal to your to your ears. They sound like the steps potentially of some kind of lighter, but still uh, weighty animal, maybe comparable to size to a human. They don't sound like footsteps from a bipedal, though. They sound like natural little crackings. And there's this sort of, like, gallop to them. And as you wait, you see, peering through the trees, Varel, you see the form... Uh, it looks like antlers that cross over top of a bush. Do you react at all? I would look on with amusement, wondering what sort of creature is going to show. Okay, perfect. Okay, and so uh, the footsteps continue again, and then out from the bush in front of you, uh, just around the corner, stopping cautiously and almost looking not at you but looking off into the distance so as to appear unthreatening in some way a large male deer with large antlers walks from around the corner and then sniffs the bush uh, next to uh, uh, that he's standing next to and then it looks around it sniffs the ground and it's just standing there it's looking, and then it takes a quick glance over to you, then moves its head away again. Is it a particularly fertile specimen of its kind? So we're, we're not talking like elk or like a, a big, you know, uh, elk or a big creature. It's a male deer, so it's, it has a larger body than the doe, but it's still like light and springy and jittery. It has its horns, and it, it's uh, very undeer-like behavior in a way. It's very it's standing there, sort of sniffing the ground and. But it's clearly seeking kind of your attention or curiosity. An animal doesn't really stand, especially in front of a potential predator, stand that way in front. Yeah, but it it's is the a, king of the forest, Daddy. Yeah, exactly. Is it is it the is it a, a paragon of its type, or is it more of a normal deer? It strikes you as like you know middle class animal kingdom, not uh, royal animal okay. kingdom. Yeah. All right. I will. I will put up a hand uh, in a wide spread finger stop and say fear not creature the great predator of these woods has fallen you may graze to your content the deer looks up as you speak and then he looks to you and he says thank you for your great actions here in the forest I admit my curiosity outpaced my sense of self preservation I'm glad to see that you are not a violent being. Violence is a tool to be used, and we have used it this day to make the forest safe. You will forgive me for disagreeing. Violence has done nothing but decimate my people for generations. I do not understand the ways of predators, but I understand it has always been thus. Well, but if you would call an armistice between our kinds, my people would like 
to come and thank you. And then as that happens, more deer and footsteps begin approaching, cutting through the bushes. And uh, let me reveal them on the map until uh, you see six deer, three female, three stags, the three doe, three, I think they're stags for males, right? Uh, walk. I haven't distinguished them on the tokens. I didn't think of that until now. Uh, but the deer begin walking out. The sort of group of about six deer begin walking out. And they begin, the one of the does and one of the um, uh, stags are like, they, they appear younger and they, they rush through the bush and they go, thank you, thank you. And they begin running out uh, towards you guys and, you know, looking to sniff you to see what you're like. And they're just completely now that the main protector has had the parlay, they immediately run into your vicinity and begin behaving like deer, which means they're looking around and sniffing and they seem generally happy. And, and when you're not paying attention to them, they kind of walk in a circle just excitedly because they're always moving these deer, but they're nearby. And it's kind of a magical experience because deer usually run away from you people. And then the great stag approaches you, uh, Varel, and says, you have done a great deed for the citizens of the Alhandi forest. Thank you, stranger. You are most welcome and most kind. Thank you for having us in your forest. Please enjoy the corpse. And I will start walking that way. All right. And on enjoy the corpse, let's take a break. Midway Perfect break. time to take a break. Yeah. Enjoy the corpse. Yeah. That enjoy. might even be a show title. Uh, we'll be back in about eight, everybody. So take a minute, do what you got to do. We'll be right back. All right, we're back for stage two of today's adventure. Bo? All right. So uh, we return to our heroes deep in the Elhandar forest aboard Space Station Elhandar. And um, they've just slain a Barosaurus and its corpse, uh, having fallen from the, its perch in a tree. Uh, is spread out on the ground in trails uh, that Hope pulled out, sprawled everywhere. Uh, you're also, of course, very bloody. Um, everyone has been, you know, surrounding the bear, examining it when the deer, uh, uh, a stag approached Pharrell and they had a conversation and the rest of the deer have now uh, skirted through the brush and have uh, are now uh, prouncing around you guys with excitement uh, over the fact that you've slain this notorious predator of the forest. Hope speaks up. Uh, mushrooms. We've heard there are special mushrooms around here. Do you know where we'd find them? Uh, so you're asking, like, the one that approached you or the stag? Sorry. Just, just calling out to the deer. So there's a, a, a what appears to be a young doe that's approached you and is like sniffing around, sniffing you, and she looks and she says, In the cave to the north, there are strange plants that we've heard the two legs call mushrooms. I believe it's what you're looking for. And then one of the deer approaches you, Nash, and starts sniffing. Do you have any snacks? I smell snacks. Berries? Uh, uh, vegetable peelings? Yeah. Hold on a minute. And I'll pull out a handful of vegetable peelings that I have with me. Mm-hmm. She sniffs it. I don't know. Seems off. I've had them for a few days. Or a while. These aren't fresh. 
Do you have any fresh no. vegetables? No. Do you? Are you lying? I really don't. You have you have rations? I do, but aren't all my aren't all rations? There's no vegetables. There might be like dried there. plum in there or something like that. I don't know. Oh. Um, I can offer that. I'll say I've got dried plum. I wouldn't call it fresh, but you know, it's fruit. Like think of all the things Liriel would make that's possibly in your 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 lunch boxes. I just assume it would keep well, how long does were we it'd be fresh. You'd be from the, you know, but like it'd be like dried dates might be something in rations, you know. Yeah, right. might the have official in there. description is uh dry foods, uh jerky, dried fruit, hardtack, and nuts. Alright, give him a little dried fruit. Whatever that is. Whatever fruit it is. Yeah. Well, there's dates and dried plum and things like that. Okay. I'll offer. I don't know. Do do you eat dried plum? They eat berries, right? They might eat a little dried plum. Okay. Well, the deer sniffs it. In this world, we're going to say that's the case. The deer sniffs (laughs) it. And then the little tongue comes out, licks it. And then she takes it in in her mouth. And do you let go? Yeah. Yeah. So then she begins. I will will attempt to pat the creature on the head as well. Yeah, so she lets you pet it, and it falls down on the ground, but she takes a little bite in the mouth, and then her head goes down to the ground and begins smelling and taking little bites out of it. Okay. And then some of the other deer, uh, the other deer also come towards you, except for the stag. They circle you, Nash, and they all go, berries, berries, you have berries? Berries? Well. And all all the deer are now surrounding Nash. Dried plums, are uh, uh, they're kind of like berries. They're like big berries. Here, and I'll break up another one. And kind and of Nom Nom's standing next to you, and he just goes, ah, and he just walks off <laughs> away from these friendly creatures that he can't hunt. Okay. Oh, yeah, he probably just wants to kill these. Um, yes, he definitely has an aggressive look on him, and the deer, give, the deer give him a wide berth as he walks off. I'll give them, I'll spread around a little bit, you know, take another another prune or whatever and rip it into pieces and all right. offer it to the And deer. as Nash begins like offering his rations to the deer, having all this attention from the stags and does, the, this troop, Dillanoria uh, approaches you, Hope, and he looks at you and he says, I'm glad you're okay. That was that was a serious accident that could have happened. Uh, worse has happened. Really? How how would how can you let things like that fall on you and live? Uh, is there a technique? Uh, well, we all die sometimes. Sometimes. Oh. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw the sometimes in there. <laughs> he has a look look of nervousness about him. You have to accept death. If you run from it, you'll never be able to achieve greatness. I mean, it's complicated for an elf. Uh, we don't really fear death. Death is just a transformation. So, by the same token... Then why have... would you be scared if it was an accident? Or it could have been worse if you're not scared of death. I have an instinct for self-preservation so that Elhandar can remain strong. It needs living elves, not wisps. So, I suppose I am afraid of death then. I, I just don't think of it the same way. Well, I think you have your answer then. The deer continue to harass you for berries, Nash. Okay, I'm all out. That's it. That's all I got. And I'll 
Are you all out? I mean, no, but I got to keep some of this right. for us. Deception roll, please. Oh, <laughs> you can lie to the deer. You can't lie to me. <laughs> all right, hold on. Darkest day of Nash. Lion to deer. A nat 20. Okay. And you hear a collective, oh, from all the, all the deer around you. I can't see it. I see it. You see, I see it on your that app that a listener made for you that always gives you 20. A listener like, didn't make it for me. <laughs> he makes I'm it for joking. everyone. It I'm, just happens Although to I will point out there are three 20s rolled today, so it's a pretty awesome day for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the deer just collectively go, oh, and then they return to praising you. They go, are you a great wizard? I'm all right. I'm not a wizard, though, technically. Sorcerer. He's got and one of the other deer goes. I like to imagine it's Barry. Yeah, I'd eat some of my roll. own. I'd, I'd, I'd get high on my own supply. Sure, I'd eat some. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, they say, uh, one of the other uh, deer mentions casually to another deer, remarks to another deer, I heard they can conjure berries. No. Can they? No. I think they can. I've seen a wizard conjure berries before. Uh, I can't speak for wizards. They're dirty book readers. I don't do that stuff. Yeah. Oh, perhaps this one's the wizard. And then they all prance as a group over to Stanley and they start circling Stanley. Yes, wizard, wizard. He, he's the wizard. Go, go. And I'll encourage it. And so now they're all surrounding you, Stanley. Uh, five deer sniffing you. And one of them says, he smells like berries. Are you a wizard? I am not a wizard. Uh, I do know some magic. I do not know how to summon berries. Stanley, let him sniff your berries. (laughs) Let us us sniff of your berries and perhaps eat them. Look, how many berries do you (laughs) need? Ash has been over there feeding you rations. Aren't you full yet? Do you have a... What's the hard limit on berries for you? We're celebrating Freedom Day today. You've liberated us from the oppression of the evil Chester. The most feared predator in these forests. We're excited. Mm -hmm. The stag approaches and says, Children, do not irritate the two legs. They are prone to violence. And the deers sort of, uh, in response, sort of behave and just, you know, seem chastised, but still adorable as they circle around you. It's uh, interesting to meet a bunch of deer that can speak. Where we're from, I don't think that was the case. I mean, I never met one, but I didn't believe it to be true. And then Dillonoria speaks up from behind you and says, Yes, it's true. Uh, the Biodome Wilds here are not just any forest, Stanley. These are these are elven lands, soil brought from the Feywild to this space station. The animals here have taken on characteristics of their counterparts in the Feywild. Um, they are it's quite something else, isn't it? You know, there's much wisdom to be had in 
listening to the animals of the forest speak? Well, I think so, but so far most of them just seem to want food. Hmm. I suppose. Okay. Uh, Can I get everyone but Stanley with headphones off, please? I feel like I got caught. Uh, Nope. So, remind me of your passive perception again, please. It's a 21. Okay, now we're just going to look like we're busy talking, because I actually forgot I need to look something up before I did this, but okay. uh, let's just do it anyways, okay? So, uh, blah, 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 I'm talking. Yep, talking. Yeah, so... Keep, okay. Keep the engagement going. So, as these creatures approach you, and as they sniff around for food and speak to you... Um, based on your passive perception and your insight into these creatures, you get the sense that something's amiss with these deer. Um, You can't put your finger quite on it, but something about what you're seeing, reality itself, feels a little off. You would need some sort of magical detection to specify what, but you have in a sense that... um, there's an illu- there, that, that there's that these are deer are affected by illusion. Hmm. Headphones back on. All right, we're back. Indeed. Uh, so the deer are circling Stanley. Uh, they seem chatty and enthusiastic, and uh, Stanley pauses in motion. Stanley's going to reach into his bag and go, well, after all, you did say it was a celebration. And uh, he's going to produce some dried fruit from his own rations and hold it out in his hand. Mm -hmm. And when a deer comes in to feed, he's going to cast Dispel Magic on the deer. Okay, perfect. Uh, let's see. Uh, I just want a reminder. Can you read it for our listeners and for me, obviously? But yes. this helps. Uh, I, we don't use a spell that often. so just Choose one creature, object, or magical effect within range. Uh, I'm casting it at the third level. Any spell of third level or lower on the target ends. For each spell of fourth level or higher on the target, make an ability check using your spell casting ability. The DC equals 10 plus the spell's level. On a successful check, the spell ends. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I the target will have to make the roll, right? Um, I think I make the roll. Okay, then go ahead and do that. Please. If it's if it's above third level, the spell. Okay, I'm uh, actually looking up the level, <laughs> which I know confirms things. But go ahead. That's going to be a uh, a dirty twenty. A dirty it's, twenty. It's, <laughs> is that what we? Is that what we call it? Dirty yes, 20. a dirty, dirty twenty. All right. Uh, okay. Just be a moment, everyone. Hold on. So that would Gathering be information. I think that would cover up to ninth level. Well, equals DC plus the spells level. Perfect. Okay. So what was your roll again? Uh, I rolled a fifteen plus my modifier, which is five. So okay, 20. so twenty, dirty twenty. Oh yeah, how could I forget? Okay. Um, information will be privately sent to you. Uh, 
Oh, so you're cast. Oh, no, wait. You're Dispel, not Detect, right? Yeah, I'm Dispelling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I knew you were doing that, but I got it mixed up in my head. Okay. So you cast it. So you're going to feed out the berry, and as you feed it, verbal and somatic components, you begin casting the spell. Yeah. Uh, so the deer immediately tense up and react when they hear magic words emanate from your mouth, but you say them as quickly as possible, casting the spell immediately and revealing, poof, an elf standing in the place of the deer. And the uh, this elf in particular uh, looks confused. He looks around. He realizes he's not a deer anymore and uh, has, looks extremely disoriented. Why is that happening? Um, I don't know if you heard that, but <laughs> <laughs> I have a ukulele app and it sometimes just start playing ukulele for some, and it says ukulele time on my phone. <laughs> That's all it does. Weird. <laughs> and I, I keep meaning to remove the damn app and it just keep, I keep leaving. Anyway, you know, cell phones. <laughs> it's a good app. That's great. <laughs> I'm, I just want to put that in the dice app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just add random ukulele music. It's like a random deception rolls. It's like, you made this roll in your day. All right, um, I'm going to... I'm just fiddling with the map while we clown around town here. Uh, Okay, so an elf appears, and there's now an elf token in place of the deer. Are they Um, naked? Nope, he's wearing... um, He's wearing clothes for traversal through the forest, so like, uh, you know, um, browns and beiges, uh, leathers and and khakis, things of that nature, boots. Looks like he's equipped for outdoor travel. But he also looks like he's got uh, uh, nothing on him. Like he, like if he came for outdoor travel, there's no backpack, there's no supplies. He's just in his clothes. The most curious thing about him, as the elf looks around, suspicious, is that his eyes have these black veins spreading from them, and they glow mildly red. And he looks around. He goes, "Ah, ah," and then um, the stag standing next to you, uh, Forel says no and they all poof 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 poof, turn into elves and they begin attacking roll for initiative oh man (laughs) Man. look at that this this is where the ads were we found him damn sneaky sneaky yeah and and immediately they all turn into elves poof 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 and they all look the same four three female three male they don't look the same but they're all Elhandari elves, blonde hair for the most part, varying complexions, of course. And um, they all immediately begin casting magic spells. All six of them begin incanting words immediately. And, you know, various uh, tracers of flame and light emanate from all six of the elves as they are surrounded in your midst. All right, so let's get... uh, I have to get these tokens off the table, so that's just going to take me a minute as I keep moving the map and not the tokens. Um, Okay. To token lair. Bye bye, dear. And now, Stanley, you're surrounded by all these elves, too, and they're all casting spells around you, except for the one next to Varel, who is. Okay, there's that guy. They're hard to see on this map. I am very sorry for that. Um, I wonder if I can give them a border. But, uh, anyways, let's start there. All right, initiative, please. 16 for Nash. 18. 15. 26 for Hope. Okay, Hope, 26. Uh, 15 for Varel? No, 15 for Stanley. Oh, I'm so bad at this. All right. <laughs> Varel got 18? 18. And Nash got a high one, right? 16. 16. Okay. Not really. 
It's okay. Okay, perfect. I'm going to roll for these elves. Okay. Freaking elves. That music's awesome, by the way. All right, last of the rolls coming in. And then we got Omnom. Oh, Omnom, you rolled a one. <laughs> Omnom's just a lovable loser. He just has a real hard time. Dillanoria rolls a 20. Okay, perfect. Perfect, perfect. Perfect. Okay, um, so so immediately the deer all transform uh, as the stag. Lee stag says, no. All the deer transform into elves. They begin immediately casting magic spells. The air fills with magical words and hand motions all around you. Uh, a quick uh, Dillanoria is looking around. Omnom uh, is immediately turned around. Hope you're up first, seeing this all take place before you. Uh, what is your reaction? Okay, my reaction is they're speaking, correct? All of them? Yes. Okay, so what Hope is going to try and do is she'll take her three attacks on the three elves surrounding Stanley on the left-hand side, but go to stab their throats so it breaks contact with their vocal cord windpipe. Okay, so you're trying to eliminate their ability to do verbal by stabbing them in their necks. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, So you'll have to move closer to them, right? So uh, you're going to walk, you're going to run to them. I'll move your token. Is that where you wanted to be? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So you're within uh, melee range of two of these elves. Perfect. So I'll take my attack on the first one, that bottom one. Okay. Perfect. A 26. It's a hit. 10 damage. Okay, 10 damage. Perfect. All right, so you, you go to you attempt to stab it as it casts. Uh, you, you, I guess this would be piercing damage because you're stabbing with it. Oh, those, the knives are slashing damage, though. So, um, how much damage was it again? 10. 10. Uh, perfect. Okay. All right, so you swing out, it's trying to stab and crush the. Uh, so, at this juncture, you're going to hit, you're going to do 10 damage. Um, I'll need you to. You'll have to if you want to target and crush the pipe. I'll need you to burn your second action on a skill check, uh, your second attack on a skill okay. check to carry through. So, can you make a um, athletic skill check for you know forcing the knife through? Nineteen. Okay. All right, perfect. So um, you stab, you do the 10 points of damage, and as the knife uh, enters into the neck but meets muscle wall, you put a hand like on the top of it and just push it right in there, and the, the, the mage immediately begins coughing up blood. <laughs> Can you roll damage dice a second time for the additional damage, please? Eight damage. All right, so you do a total of eight damage to this thing. The knife is sticking in its neck. Do you pull it out or leave it in? I will pull it out. All right, so you push it in. You put you put one attack to put it into the neck. Then you take your other hand and force the knife into the neck. You hear a... In response, as it coughs the blood, you pull it out, and a giant... of, of um, 
blood flies out of his neck. Make a dexterity saving throw, please. Fifteen. Okay. Um, unfortunately, you're not fast enough to avoid the blood spraying out of his neck. It sprays into your face, and you're now blinded. Gross. And you have blood all over your face and in your eyes. So you are currently blinded, but you have successfully prevented him from casting any verbal spells, and he's just like... <laughs> but not dead. He's choking at the moment. Uh, he is suffocating. So let me mark him. Uh, it was the it was this guy on the bottom. Yeah. Okay, so I'll yes. mark him as uh, uh, suffocating. There you go. And I'll mark you as blinded. All right. Uh, what else would you like to do with your turn? Okay, it would take an action to unblind myself, correct? Wipe the blood away? That's right. Cool. So I'll... Oh, let's, I got another attack. But I'm blind. You so, can still attack. It's just with disadvantage at this point. Okay. I'm sorry if I roll a one, John. <laughs> <laughs> but she's going to try and remember where the elf in the middle was so she can grapple him. Okay, you want to grab uh, the elf you attacked or the elf to the north of you? Sorry. The elf to the north. Okay. Uh, make uh, your grapple check, please. 23. Okay, you win the grapple. This is a mage. They're clear. This person is clearly not physically uh, in your realm whatsoever, and you easily grab a hold of them, and you're preventing them from casting now, so you have them grappled. You are currently grappling. Okay. Perfect, and that'll be my turn. Okay, okay, perfect. So let me get a grapple color on here. Okay, perfect. Uh, that leaves us to Dilanoria. Um, Dilanoria walks up to the person you've grappled and um, immediately punches uh, uh, punches at the character. We're going to get to use some monk actions here. <laughs> how He's do I play monk? <laughs> hey! How do, how do I play monk? I don't know. Um, all right, so he just has fists, so he's just going to make it. Oh, I have it here. All right. All right. He rolls a 14, um, which is uh, beats the armor class. So he connects in the back and then he engages his flurry of blows feature for. So he, because uh, he has an unarmed strike. Oh, he does roll dice for damage. Okay, perfect. Uh, sorry. I'm learning to play the character as we do this, everyone. All right, so uh, three plus five. Please, three plus three. Okay, he does eight damage, and then with his flurry of blows to make two more unarmed strikes as a bonus action. Five plus five is ten. Doesn't That misses, and 19 gives him another hit. All right, so he does eight damage and seven damage and misses on the third hit. So he just runs up behind, hits her in the small of the back, poof, and then puts it in... in, in another fist into her head and then just misses on the other one but he's punching the one uh, you're holding and does uh, 15 damage to it okay all right uh, that's his turn next up is one of the other elves okay let's see here uh, that elf casts mass suggestion all right uh, so uh, of course back to 12 creatures of your choice so everyone's going to be affected by this if you're immune to charm, please check. You may be immune to charm. I have advantage against it. Okay. And I can't be put to sleep. 
I probably should have waited to have you tell me what he was suggesting. But. All right. So each target needs to make a wisdom saving throw so that he's targeting everyone. Everyone I think is within 60 feet of the circle. Okay. It's the this guy right here. Cast mass suggestion. I need a, sorry, I said wisdom saving throw from everyone, please. I need to know your results. 22 for Stanley. Okay, you save. Dirty 20 for me. Dirty 20? Dirty 20. Yeah, possible. 19 for me, for Nash. Okay, yeah. Eight for Hope. (laughs) Okay, uh, so you hear... the rest of the party doesn't hear this. So I have to roll for Omnom and Dilanoria too. Okay. Uh, oh, Omnom's too far away. So that's fine. Oh, I also moved the map. Oh, God. There's a little black area here. <laughs> it's just like nothing. All right. Um, he's too far away, I believe. Let's, let's get a measurement on this guy here. Man, he's lucky he's afraid of deer. Oh, no, he's not. He's only 45 feet away. Okay. He's charmed. Um, and the next one is Dilanoria. He saves. So uh, the command that you hear Hope and Omnom is run around like a squirrel. So Omnom immediately begins just going. And he begins foraging around like the squirrels you saw earlier. And he's just looking through the bush here for nuts. Uh, Hope, you as well begin behaving like a squirrel. You just feel a sudden urge compelled to mime out being like a squirrel. (laughs) Okay, that's that elf's turn. Uh, the elf doesn't move. The next one uh, acts here. Um, sorry, I have sheets for all of them. If you're wondering why the delay, uh, the other one is going to cast. Yeah, Kona Cold. Okay, and probably going to hit people in there too. Let's see. I'm getting my cone for my measuring cone. (laughs) A cone of shame. Sorry, everyone. I have so many assets. I'm just digging through the ones I need here. You're all good. Okay. If you don't mind, just a. Friends. He's going to hurt his friends, Bo. I'm going to hurt my friends. All right. Water. No. Weather. Oh, what did I do with spells? If you cast AOE, don't hurt your friends. We learned that in episode one. <laughs> oh, there we go. Spell effects. It's loading. Okay, here's a cone. We'll have a cone for everyone. Cone of lightning, cone of acid. I don't need to have the right cone. It's fine. <laughs> no, the cone of lightning is not cold. It's There's a not- part of my brain that is like, you must have the ice cone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking. Okay, give it up. All right. uh, it's coming from this guy. Uh, her over here. I don't know how I'm supposed to measure this. Spells, everyone. Spells. It is self 60 feet. Okay. So that means I'm going to put his drawing. Okay. And it originates from this person, and it goes out 60 feet. So it's long. It's a big cone. Yeah. I think that's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Okay, so it goes out to about here. All right, I just want to rotate it so that it captures as many people in it as it can. Okay. 
Well, good news, Hope. I don't think you're going to be a squirrel for much longer. All right. So it fires out. Now, Cone of Cold. Uh, a blast of cold air erupts from your hands. Each creature in a 60-foot cone will take a constitution saving throw. On a creature takes 88 cold damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. A creature killed by the spell becomes a frozen statue until it thaws. It's cast at the fifth level. Uh, there you go. It's firing out. So I need uh, all everyone in the cone, friendlies included. Wait, to make... where's it coming from? Is there an elf there? Uh, yeah. it's the, He's at the center of the elf there. I don't see an so, elf there. That looks like a blank space to me. Oh, weird. I see the. You guys see an elf? There. Here, yeah. Right, okay, right, maybe yeah. I need to refresh. Okay, right I'm going to refresh. Oh. So he angles it in such a way that he's going to hit Stanley. They're like Diablo have, 1 uh, models. Save, I got to yeah. roll. He's going to hit Stanley, Hope, a friendly that's in Dillanoria. Is there a what? Sorry? A save I need to roll. Yes, Constitution saving throw uh, for Hope, Stanley, and Dillanoria. Okay, and that's for half damage. Dillanoria saves. The enemy fails. I got an 18. Okay, you save. Hope. Cool. 18 here as well. All right, and that damage does knock the mass suggestion from you, I believe. Right? Is that right, uh, Stanley? Uh, Yeah, it should. I think Uh so. I have the spell. I can look easily. Let me see. I'm reading it out. Uh, okay. No spells. Magic. If any of your companions damage a creature affected, yeah, spell ends for that creature. All right, you are no longer prancing around like a squirrel, but you have you. What was your save? Uh, Hope. Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, so you all save and are going to take half damage, except for the friendly teammate. And I was about to roll d10, so I've just got to pay attention. Okay, rolling four dice at a time. Three, eight is 11. And two is 13. 20, 28, 30, 35. So half of 34 is 15, 19. And you add the one, 20. So take 20 points of cold damage, please. That's cold, man. All right, and that actually the um, mage in front of Dillanoria, who takes the full brunt of the 35, transforms into a frozen statue of an elf, just like... And, oh, the one you're grappling. Okay, so actually it's the one you're grappling. So it's, it's frozen like this now. It stops resisting your grapple. You can let it go, and it's just... The elf is frozen like this. Uh, since I've been foraging like a squirrel, I spit some seeds in his face as I stand up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll allow that. <laughs> Perfect. So now we're going to put the frozen icon on this uh, dude here. And um, that was the other elf's turn. That elf doesn't move. So Varel, you're up. Awesome. I will, with the stag leader next to me, enter a grapple with him. Okay. Oh, there is a grapple symbol. Okay, so uh, it's strength-based. Okay. I'll be using dexterity. Well, I got a natural 20. Nice. Oh, shit. It's a day of it. Yeah. yeah his head no, pops no, no, off. All right, so you grab, you grab it, interrupting his spell casting. Uh, you grab him, and you now have him grappled. Uh, so I'm going to put a grapple symbol on him. All right. Perfect. Perfect. 
Uh, I would like to... So he, he's casting spells next to me. I grab him. I grab his arm, twist around his back, and I'm going to use my hungry jaws to bite his neck as a bonus action. Not aiming for the neck or anything, just going for a bite. Okay. Uh, do that. Fifteen? Uh, okay. Uh, Fifteen is a hit. Alright. Give him ten points of piercing damage. Got it. Done. And through my gritted teeth and biting him, uh, I will say, time to use our tools, eh? Perfect. All right, he doesn't react. His eyes are red, and he just screams out, just like, ah! He just seems like a being of rage, a complete antithesis of the peaceful deer that you had seen. Okay, uh, anything else you'd like to do with your turn? That'll be it. Okay, that brings us to more elf action. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and uh, we're going to learn all about spells today. Finally, more elf action. What we've always been waiting for. Okay, so... Um, let's see. Okay, so... The next mage here holds the... It appears to be readying an action as she casts a spell. This, this guy... Let me ping it. I think I can ping it. Yeah, this guy right here holds an action. So the turn passes over, and then... This uh, now it's now this one's turn, as the elf spins around uh, towards you, Stanley, and attempts to cast. Uh, yeah, he's going to attempt to turn. Oh, wait a second! I know what spell. Okay, sorry. Just they come with big spell lists, and I'm. It, this is bad no, for fine. me. <laughs> I realize that they're having a lot of spellcasters is a potential. Uh, complication for me. Alright, so um, accessing the spell now. Alright. Alright, so this uh, particular mage casts Entangle, and Entangle is a 20-foot area place uh, in order to root people. He is going to cast it um, I got all my markers up here, so it shouldn't take me as long to get. Whatever, I'll just use this. Okay, uh, 20 foot would be this. Cast it there on you and Hope. Uh, so you and Hope will have to... Doesn't 20 foot radius mean more than that? Uh, not radius, 20 foot. Oh. Twenty. It's just 20 feet squared. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, 90, 90 foot range to cast, 20 foot squared on the ground. Um, so 20 foot square for the duration of plants. Turn in, so that's difficult terrain now. Uh, and a creature in the area when you cast a spell must make a strength saving throw or be restrained by the entangling plants until the spell ends. A creature restrained by the plants can use its action to make strength check against your spells. Okay, so make a strength uh, saving throw, please. Uh, Stanley and Hope. I got a six. You are restrained. Restrained. It's hot. 10, 11. We're slowing okay, those 20s you- down now. Good. You both are restrained as uh, you are stuck in place. Uh, the elder elf, friendly elf in there, is not restrained. So that's good for the bad guys. Um, to back, there we go. So I'm going to mark uh, your blinded hope, and now you're also restrained. Uh, that just means, I believe it means you can't 
walk around because of the entanglement on the ground? It's it's, uh, it, it's speed is zero. Attack rolls against us have advantage. Uh, our attacks are disadvantage, and we have disadvantage on dex throws. Okay. So the way this looks, because you're not bound, it's more that the, the roots emerge from the nature underneath and begin to take hold, wrapping around your legs and arms, making movement difficult as the as the wilds come alive underneath you and, and hold you in place. Uh, so you're both trapped there. Um, next up, it is Nash. Okay. So t- quick table talk. I haven't used chain lightning before. I yeah. can't find anything. I've read multiple posts and other stuff while we've been sitting here. I haven't read anything <laughs> that says that uh, that this hits anyone except my enemies. And I want to make sure that I'm not... Well, so targets targets is, is agnostic to um, enemies or bad guys. So if it just says targets, that means good guys and bad guys. So that can be anybody. So you create a bolt of lightning that arcs towards a target of your choice that you see within range. So that target's your choice. Three bolts then leap from that target to as many as three other targets, each of which must be within 30 feet of the first target. A target can be a creature or an object and can be targeted by only one of the bolts. So can I careful so, spell this thing? So that, yeah, no, this doesn't sound like... It sounds like you have control of the tendrils as well. I think if it shot out randomly, it would say shoot out on random targets and tell us how to determine what the random targets are. That's what I would. This have is thought. this is not describing that interaction at all. So I think you hit the first target and then you pick the subsequent three targets. Okay, I'm going to cast this at level f- but, six. But here's one thing you what? need to know: those those forking bolts, you can't hit the same target three times with them. They have to chain out to three different targets. So it says here a target can be a creature, an object, and can be targeted by only one of the bolts. Right. So I get this first dude here. Mm-hmm. Then they go zip, zap, zap. And then it's level six, actually. Yeah, you've, got, you've got enough targets to, to use. You basically bolt. pick you can pick up to four targets. So it doesn't say you have to use all three bolts to as many as three other targets. So you could just do one. Okay. That's uh, you could do zero. Um, so this means you, the first target is a target you pick, and then you pick three other up to three other targets from there. Okay. Well, I can do four because at level six, hold on, or I'm sorry, anything past level seven or higher, one additional bolt leaps from the first target to another target for each slot above six. All right. So I have some assets for this so we can depict it visually since that's always nice for magic, I think. So, okay, so here is a lightning, first arc of the lightning bolt. Who are you hitting? Uh, let's go with, um, let's start with this person here. Okay, so lightning bolt there. Yeah. Now, who are your other three hits? This one, this one, and this one. Isn't that all that's left? Okay. All right, so uh, let's there. just do that. It hits him there, and then this guy we rotate around, and it hits him right there. Yeah. The bolts only go as far as their maximum range or where you want it. To, and then who's the right. other one? Uh, this this one here, this person. Okay, so this one will have to be do his drawing. And then we rotate it around nicely. And oh, he hits nice. that guy right there like that. Now, the bolts arc out as you direct them, so they don't hit people on their way to things. I'm you, know, you have magic control of the, the lightning, so Stanley doesn't get hit with this. No, but I'm going to assume his mustache is a conduit of the lightning, just because look at that awesome Oh, so the, the, some of the lightning hits his mustache and shoots out the just other side of his mustache right through, and then gets yeah. more powerful? Yeah, like just okay. right through Stanley's nasty-ass mustache. All right. I'll allow it. Um, 
Okay, let's see how this damage works then. Or I guess I got a hit. For, I got a hit. Hold on. Well, you've hit. So what do, what oh, do the enemies hit. need to do? All right. So here's what it says. I haven't used this before, so pardon me here. Um. Okay. Uh, attack safe dexterous. Where are we? Instantaneous. Here we go. Bolt of lightning. Blah blah blah. blah. Where does it say about damage though? Oh, ten. Uh, tar- ten yeah, d eight. Target damage. must make a dexterity saving throw. The target takes ten d eight lightning damage on a fail. Do you save. need separate rolls for each? person hit? Yeah, I'll be rolling four. You don't roll anything. This spell right, is right, an right. auto hit. Right, it's right. just you wait for the creatures to succumb or not. Okay, and you're at 16. Yep. Okay. Oh, man. That's a good sound for you. Okay, um, one of them saves. It'll be this guy right here. Roll your D 10d8 damage, please. Alright, so we're going to do 10 of these. 66 points of shock damage. Okay. Uh, okay. Wait a second. 66 damage. Yeah. 66 total damage. That's 10d8. Oh, that's 10d10. Sorry. I, I apologize. Here we go. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. This new <laughs> roller. when you mess up the damage. These, <laughs> these rollers are weird. Okay. Uh, 29 total. Sorry. 29 damage total. 29. Okay. So, uh, all of the I'm just going to mark their damage on them. Lightning creaks out from your fingertips. Now that's okay. I'm going to get rid of this stuff because it's on top of everything, and I need to, need to be able to do this. All right, so 29, you said? Yeah, 29 total. Okay. Oh, I have to press enter here. It's annoying. All right, so uh, you do 29 damage to the three elf mages surrounding Stanley in front of you, and then a fourth bolt jumps out, and only it just strikes this guy tangentially for. Okay. Uh, yep, strikes them tangentially, but they're all really damaged. So the the lightning bolt sprays out, forks to all four of them, and all four of them around Stanley go as they, they you know the forest all around gets dark, and your lightning just like and they all just and um, uh, you do thorough damage to them. They're the the smell of flesh burning skin in particular. Is, is, uh, fills the air as a cloud of smoke just emerges from your hands and from their bodies as they're all steaming now. Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you, you've shocked cool. them thoroughly with your lightning bolt or chain lightning. They right go, on. <laughs> I will uh, stay at the range I'm at and call that turn good. Okay, Stanley, you're up. All right. Uh, surrounded, unable to really move. Uh, Stanley's eyes are going to go silver and then just grow in intensity until they are a vibrant, vibrant white with sparks shooting from them. And he's just going to say kaboom and cast destructive wave and hit every enemy in the vicinity. Jeez. Wait. What? <laughs> so, destructive wave is a each creature that I choose within thirty feet of me must succeed on a constitu- Constitution saving throw, or take five d six thunder damage as well as five d six radiant or necrotic. It'll be radiant uh, and be knocked prone. If it succeeds on the save, it takes half as much damage and is not knocked prone. So, I believe thirty feet from me. Includes okay. everybody. Perfect. So this is magic of a destructive force that is pretty epic, and it only targets the people that you're targeting, not friendlies? 
Yep, just people I choose. Okay, so a reaction is triggered because of this. Um, oh, uh, so, uh, I, so um, can you tell me the component requirements of the spell, please? Verbal. Yeah, the moment you begin speaking uh, in ma- with magical words, Dilanoria to your left, Hope, says, Now! And the elf that readied their action pulls out this wand from her pants. And it, the wand has a detonator tied to it. And she holds out the wand, points it at Hope, and boop, a magical um, sphere appears around you and you begin floating in the air. And then the elf that did that throws the wand to Dilanoria. And he takes the wand and he can hold it up. And as he holds it up, he can point the circle around and take you wherever he wants. He takes, he catches it. Let's just make sure he catches it. Freaking dildo, dildo, dude. Dildo. Now he catches it in his hand. And then he takes you and he points you away. And he, begins, he takes off into the forest with hope in a spherical uh, bubble and disappears to the west. Now we may finish. All that happened before the spell went off? Yeah, now the spell goes off. Jeez. Okay, and he's beyond 30 feet? Well, he's running. We're not sure what's going to happen. You're not sure what's happened. I'll be taking care of that behind the scenes. Okay, so all of them that are in range need to make a constitution saving throw. Yeah, perfect. What do I have to beat? 17. Okay, let me get my constitution modifier here. Okay, we've got two failures so far. Uh, sorry, and just to recap, that's all the elves in range, right? Like everyone? Yep. Okay. Everybody. I know you know your stuff. One of them's already dead, so two of them. Uh, two more failures, and there's the stag grap that before elves grappling. The elf, he succeeds. Actually, no, what was it? 16, right? Uh, 17. Oh, failure. They all fail. Now you oh. made... You may roll your damage die. <laughs> okay, so the initial lightning damage is 20 lightning damage. Yeah. And then the follow-up radiant damage is 14 radiant damage. Okay. And Descri- they are all knocked prone if they're still alive. Describe for all of us the slaughter of all the elves. So, as Stanley says, kaboom, a burst of lightning arcs out of him and it just seems to pull light and energy from this magical place and fey energy and it shoots out kind of Ark of the Covenant style it's wrapping around people that he means to protect and seeking out individuals in these like tendrils that are just whipping through from his body and hitting each person within range and blasting into them and you just see lightning crackle and silvery energy just bore holes into them oh so they're just like melting away like cheese like cheese holes like just like and they're smoking for sure right like the destructive wave is a lightning based attack right yeah it's lightning and radiant damage except when it's like so how would, would they like appear as like partially charred corpses and then fall into like char piles or would it just be corpses and they smell like flesh bags i think just corpses with just holes bored into them okay you know just burned and cauterized even the frozen one the frozen one did you hit the frozen one or did you leave it frozen no all of them okay it's a destructive wave it hits every okay so they all they're all smoking with holes in them melted and they just they don't say nothing they have no life the life was torn from them the minute the spell was cast and they just (sighs) 
an expired fault. They all slumped down at the same time. Six corpses hitting the ground. The Dillinorian hope. You hear like footsteps in the forest, like rushing off from your destructive wave. I'm killing every single person who tries to join our party from so, now on. Oh my god, I can't you, believe you, you, I you, just you, Well, you're still you're still conscious, so you're in the bubble. So you're traversing through the forest, hope. Um, but I'm still around. blinded, yeah, and it takes yeah, an so action to clear. Let me that. give you some information. Yeah, so everyone else, headphones off. Hope. Well, I'm just going to explain uh, what's happening to you. Uh, so you're in the sphere. As you touch the sides of the sphere, you find that it's like impermeable. Uh, somehow you're still breathing, however, uh, although that jumps up as a concern. Um, the El- Dillinoria is running faster than you thought he was capable, tearing off at almost inhuman speed. You're going like 80 feet a turn. It, it, this is not normal. Like, he is booking it hard. He runs, he turns north shortly after losing the trail a bit, like heading west. You can tell he's misleading them. He turns around, spins around a few trees, runs north with the, with the wand in the air, dragging you behind as you're floating behind. And he heads for the mountain range in a cave. And you and him, he brings you into the cave and into darkness. All right. Everyone else headphones back on, please. Is there anything you want to do? Uh, sorry. Would you try to break i mean you try to break out you can't break it but is there anything you'd want to do uh i would try to cast teleport okay you have a teleportation spell yeah as long as the hand is still good of course uh, sorry are you doing it with the ring i don't think you have a charge in the ring do you have a charge no no not the ring this would be the hand okay all right what spell is it so i'm aware teleport it's just teleport straight up uh, vanilla teleport okay all right, so I need to look up some information. Let me do this. This may get you out. This may not. So I need to know. Uh, so you're going to try attempt to cast it. Just get out anywhere, right? Book it. Uh, w- uh, I can. The destination I choose has to be known to me, and it must be on the same plane of existence. So I would try and teleport back to the group. Just give me a second here. I'm reading some rules text. Uh, Yep, it doesn't work. You cast a spell, burn the slot, and you remain in the sphere. Okay. Anything else you'd like to try? No. She'll right. just wait. And she'll wipe the blood from her eyes, but it'll look badass because she'll have blood smeared on her cheeks and her forehead still. Perfect. Headphones back on. Everyone else, please. All right, as the smoke, as a, as a column of smoke from the dead elves rises up and the entanglements uh, release you, Stanley, or the, the, the vines and all that that have rised up sink back into the ground, um, you hear uh, footsteps quick, fast, and the sound descends very fast, like, and gone. Running away from us? Yeah, I want to chase Dillinorian. Yeah, I cast Polymorph on myself. I turn into a giant eagle and I'm booking it. Full flight. Okay, you start flying up in the air and you break. <laughs> you break. I have a hundred sixty feet fly speed if I'm yeah. dashing. So everyone sees Stanley run in the direction, and Varel. It looks like you're the man again, running ahead. But then, as you run, Varel jumps into the air, transforms into a, an eagle, and shoots sort of straight up, well past you. And you can just see him up there in all of his glory. I yell up, Stanley, you glorious bastard! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Stanley transforms into an eagle. Now, um, Nash or anyone, I uh, know you have magic. Are you going to join Stanley? Or? 
Is it me or, or Varel? It's you. I'm just okay. trying to figure out if anyone's going to keep up with you because if not, you're going to be on. Well, you know, you're flying ahead to scout. So they're going to be fast. You. They're going to be faster than anything I can do with my underwear DNA, right? So yeah. Um, I'm going to. You know what? F it. I'm still going to use my underwear and just get there as fast as I can. <laughs> okay. And this time now it's still sober. It's going beep, 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 beep. Or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and and um, uh, as you leave, Omnom is still on the ground uh, acting like a squirrel. I don't know if you want to do anything about no, that. Oh, hell no. Let him All right. Uh, so he's on the ground acting like a squirrel. Um, perfect. Okay, so uh, Stanley, you are now an eagle soaring high above uh, the beautiful map, which I'm just going to switch to so you can see now the beautiful forest here. Um, Vorel is marked where he is. Uh, I'm going to get you an eagle token. Sweet. I'm going to try to anyways. I don't know if I have one. Uh, what would you like to do while I look that up? Uh, I'm just going to keep going in the direction that it sounded like they were they were headed just looking down uh eyeballing as we go eagles get keen sight which gives advantage on perception checks so just trying to keep an eye out for any sign of hope okay or so make your perception rule uh, i think you can still preserve your stanley perception and not the eagle's perception and the you can take eagle? whichever's bigger whichever's more you can take oh okay great it doesn't make i get I guess it depends on the spell. I just don't like the idea that you do something and it makes you less observant. I don't know. I mean, either way, the rolls were really good. So I rolled an 18 and a 16 for my advantage. The eagle gets a plus four Mm -hmm. and Stanley gets a plus 11. All right. Yeah. So for for head stuff, because you're still your own person in that form, I would like like your intelligence and wisdom scores. I would would agree to preserve whichever is better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So um, you spot... Uh, you spot a sphere in the ground, like it, you can. It's blue and it glows, and you can see it moving almost at the same speed as you. As you fly towards it, it also moves to the forest inhumanly fast. The sphere makes its way to the range of mountains where you see on the map the, the lake is there, and it disappears in the mountains. Like it doesn't go up, doesn't go around. It goes straight into the mountains, and you don't see what happened or where it went to, but it just disappears from sight. Um. All right, I will get down and try and see if I can discern anything, kind of circling the area, seeing what I can see. Okay, make an investigation or survival roll. Uh, okay, let's see. Investigation plus four, survival plus seven. We'll do survival for a 24. Okay, for 24. Okay, um, so you have a look around and you notice. Uh, just one second, I'm trying to make sure. Okay, so you have a look around down below the ground of the mountain range, and you you fly down lower and peer around, scanning the range for a clue as to the disappearance. And you see nestled in between two outcroppings of mountain, a cave with a rather large mouth, about twenty feet wide, about. 60 or 70 feet tall. It's very narrow like this. A, a cave entrance in the range of mountains and your instinct tells you that this is where the sphere went to. This is where it would have had to have disappeared. And on roll 20 there's a new map to behold. Please tell me the fog of war is working and you don't see the places I've blocked off. <laughs> uh, you should be in the I, bottom left of the map. I think so, yeah. 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 It looks like a, just the bottom left quadrant is working. Yep, right. I see it. 
and uh, you'll see that Dilanori is on the map here, but you know that's been revealed, so not there. Um, so you're not, you guys aren't on the map, but I'm just going to leave the tokens sort of here so that we can just get them. Um, Stanley, you fly around here and you see this entrance and the forest surrounding it. You're by yourself, however. And you've taken, like, this is north, so actually you realize that Dillanoria would have ran west and then moved north towards the mountain range, so Nash and Stanley and even Omnom might go the wrong direction if you don't get them. Yeah, uh, Stanley will mark it um, and will fly back to uh, try and find Varel, who he knows will probably be the next fastest, and I will land and tell Varel as soon as I see him. Okay, Varel's under attack at the moment. <laughs> so Varel uh, slows down, looks to you, and you say to him in bird form, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Do I want to break bird form? Um, well, I mean, you don't have to break bird form. You can circle around him and then lead him like an animal would. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I would get his attention. I'd come down and just, you know, flap and squawk and then fly off in that direction to indicate that's the direction that they went. And then I would stay high in the sky so that he could in theory be able to see if anybody needed to scout. And I would I mean, I'm a giant eagle, so I'll circle the area. Okay, perfect. So, uh, you know, it takes you a bit of travel time, about even running, uh, he's run off quite far. You end up, it ends up taking about 15 minutes for it ends up taking about let's say seven minutes for Varel to run there. It'll take the full fifteen minutes for Nash to appear. So Varel, uh, the eagle leads you to a clearing. It's just you and Bird Stanley. Um, so you're now here, Bird and uh, yeah, you see a cave. You see a mountain range. You see the eagle flying towards the mountain range and flying towards you, then flying back towards the cave and back to you, signaling that. Nash, you slowly putter in behind Varel as Varel, you assess uh, this area. Oh, we're just waiting to get set up, so we'll... Uh, anyone know any funny jokes? There's a... <laughs> Chunks is having an adventure right now. Oh, yeah. The adventure of Chunks. The adventure of Chunks. Meanwhile... At the Hall of Babies. <laughs> Once I saw Oh, that's them. a neat idea. What about a baby kingdom where it's yeah. just babies that oh never grow Lord. up? We're giving no, horrible I ideas. <laughs> I kind of really want to do that. <laughs> I think your your opinion on that changes if you have a baby. That reaction oh, makes me think it's a better idea than you're letting on. <laughs> you're like, no, I don't. No. It's a nightmare. All right, Varel, you are in a clearing by the mountain side, looking at a cave wall, uh, narrow and tall, embedded in the side, and the bird uh, flies back and forth. Okay. And uh, we've got a little bit of time before the rest of the party catches up. Yeah, you've, basically Nash will be there in seven minutes, let's say. So do you want to rush in now, or do you want to wait for him to putter to your location? Uh, I would like to do a survival check, or perhaps a nature check, to assess the cave formation and whether or not it would have multiple entrances. Okay, survival check it is. Fifteen. 
All right, you take a look around at the surrounding nature to see what you can learn about this particular environment. You do a quick research to eliminate any other possible entrances to this cave, uh, climbing up at a bit of the rock, looking around, and you see that this passage, at least nearby within this particular mile, uh, would be the only way into the mountains. That uh, you can tell. If there's hidden passages that are covered, you don't see or find those, but you do not see any other entrances holes into the mountain essentially uh the other thing that you notice is that um you do see footsteps of dilanoria definitely elf-like footsteps the way that they are uh, dug up through the dirt uh you can definitely see that he has been making like insane strides like jumping like 15 feet at once just like booking it in some strange way for you know two legs the other thing that you notice is that there's also um, a part of the forest where it looks like something large moved through and broke off a lot of the branches and trees heading towards the cave. Like the breaks would suggest whatever large creature did this move towards the cave. Um, but it looks like it happened maybe a few months ago as there's overgrowth on it. But you do see the signs of a rather large beast, uh, perhaps in the vicinity or even using this cave as well. Seeing Varel uh, do all his checks and stuff, Stanley would... Um, well, I guess I still need to be a guide for Nash, so I'll keep circling. I'll stay okay. <laughs> so Nash, you're puttering along, and then a bird, an eagle flies in your vicinity, and it seems to fly towards you, spin around annoyingly. I, I think you saw Stanley move up, so you're aware. It's probably Stanley. All right. I'll go, I'm coming! Fast as I can! I mean, I could be a dragon, but I don't want to blow it on this, so I'm just puttering. <laughs> You could haste yourself while puttering. Um, <laughs> I don't want to burn a slot. For the that. extremely fast bird pecks the extremely slow Nash lightly on the head and squats at him. Yeah, it's really happening. Do you, you want to make an attack roll or no. just? No, it wouldn't be enough to draw blood or anything. Just a. Okay, it might break a tumor. <laughs> Pop a tumor. Yeah. It actually hurts extra for Nash because he's finding the tumors and plucking them. Okay. <laughs> like through the cloth. So you're not getting any on you, Stanley. You're just able to like you could you can irritate him without I mean, actually getting beak attack isn't that strong. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. 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 Alright, so after a few minutes, uh, Nash, you float through the trees and come to a clearing near the mountainside where there's a cave there. Varel is busy at work investigating the forest uh, surroundings and, and you're being pecked in the head by an eagle. Okay. Is it a giant eagle? Or just yeah, a regular a giant, eagle. Giant eagle. Oh, it's a massive eagle. Wait a second. It's a giant eagle? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. picturing a little eagle. No, I mean, you're like fast, but giant eagle. you are a, a massive eagle specking you on the head. I am a large beast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow. I'll tell it to stop. I'll say, Stanley, stop. I'm here. We're good. Where's Hope? If he's finally here, Stanley will transform back to himself. I think there are turtles that raced you here faster than you got here, Nash. <laughs> it's the best I have. No, it isn't. Walking is literally faster than your slow floating ass. Yeah, but then... We'll play board games later. Now we get Hope. All right, fine. Where is she? What happened? Didn't even want to see where, where... Okay. So we're not here for no reason. We think she's over here. They went into the cave. I watched him head this way and disappear. Well, let's go get her. What are we doing? All right. The woods behind you creak, and Om Nom finally makes his way. 
He's right at a full run. Is he done being a great fang? He's not a squirrel anymore. They made me do horrible things. I apologize profusely, and he gets down on his knee. I will resolve to have a stronger mind, and one not possessed of sadness. It seems I'm still sick. Well, I got good news for you, Omnom, in that regard. The yellow belly that you uh, wanted to kill before, you're free to do so. Yes! He says out loud, revealing your location, if that matters. <laughs> Great. No more time. I say we run it. Yep. All right. You're running in? Yeah. I was running Run in. Running in. All right. Uh, all right. Let's take yourselves to the edge of the revealed fog here, and I will reveal more for you. So you're not, you're, you're being like, you're, it's with all haste, no stealthy business, right? Sure. That's what I'm up to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm following Varel. If something bad happens, it'll hit him first. <laughs> just reveal the whole map. All right. <laughs> we just run around the whole map. We don't care what happens. Just reveal everything. Thanks. I'll be in the lead, though, in case something does happen trap wise. Yeah, okay, that's a legitimate thing to do. However, I will reveal it piecemeal so that you can make decisions before you move on. So this is what you come across. Uh, you can lead the way. I know I put Omnom ahead, but you can go ahead and lead the way into the cave. All right, you just see cave wall, pretty uninteresting. The sky is open for a certain part, and then it's covered up by cave. And as you get deeper, um, the air becomes thick and heavy with moisture. Do you adjust your running? No, not this time. There could be an under, underground river or something. Okay. So you move into a new room, and the the sheer um, the sheer like range of colors that enter your eye with all these glowing mushrooms all along all of the walls, all this peat moss growing everywhere. This cave is inundated with plant life, and as you run into it, uh, I'll get behind you. Um, as you as you peer into it, you see that even though it's a cave, it's not dark. Enough light is generated from these mushrooms that the cave sort of has this dim blue glow. And there, are, you know, as you can see on the map, there are mushrooms of all different sizes. There's big blue mushrooms. There are these like long, snaky, phallic mushrooms running along the side. There are little orange glowing moss, and and you hear drip like whoop whoop. And there's like these weird mushrooms that look like vases and these glowing pods of blue and red and orange and yellows and greens. Like even these little green stems that have this little bulb on the top that look mushrooms, but they look kind of like weeds. All kinds. All right, I'll bring the procession to a halt. All right, Varel stops dead in his tracks. Omnom stops beside you to your right. Clutches the wall. Stanley Nash, the mine long ago. Remember the horrible mushroom spores? Yeah, I remember. Are we capable of bypassing this room? How do we know it's the same stuff? Look at these things. It'll look trustworthy. 
So the path ahead of you, just to describe, is there's a, a cliff wall that's about six feet up that you can climb up if you go straight, and there's a passage around to the left that seems to snake around and up to the platform. doesn't require climbing. The other thing you notice uh, that jumps out at you as you observe, talk, take the time to stop and observe, you see that the walls here, the rock has been pulled off at either side as though something big once made its way through there and has pulled off some of the rocks. Even there's places where the mushrooms look ripped off, but it happened long enough ago that you don't see like the, the, the vegetation that would have grown on the walls would have rotted into whatever on the ground, but there's like fresh, smaller you know mushrooms and moss patches where the where the breakings on the wall occurred. And they, the breakings on the wall go straight. So they climbed up the wall. Whatever large beast moved through here moved, didn't take the left passage, but took the front, climbing up the wall. Moving to the front, can I look and see if there's an indication, footprint or marking or breakaway-wise, that they would have gone? Because I'm imagining uh, probably still went at some haste and might have left indicators. Investigation roll. it's six <laughs> okay um, you look around and you don't see Dilanoria's footsteps here in this cave uh, a lot of the ground tends to be mossy uh, but there's something strange in the way he runs also some knowledge that he might be an elf and they're, they're, uh, you don't really know this person obviously because he did what he did you're not seeing his footsteps here but you do see some disruption where some, you know, maybe the sphere was dragged along the wall at some point. It's hard to tell because it's kind of like camouflaged with the creature, the large creature that Pharrell's tracking. Can uh, can Nash do a Arcana check on these mushrooms to see if I can sense any sort of danger magic or magic that would be? Well, you can it, you can use Arcana to see if your arcane knowledge yields any knowledge, or you can use nature if you want to, you know, examine it from a botanical perspective let's do it ma- magical okay arcana roll here hold on okay so you'll, ha- you'll have to move past pharrell and enter into the room to do this is that oh, something you're gonna do well yeah let me think about that mm-hmm. yeah i'll just go there okay all right um okay it will be a 22 okay you peer at the mushrooms trying to see if there's anything magic-y about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you look at the mushrooms and you get the sense for sure that there are arcane energies coursing through these mushrooms. But you also have a sense, too, that you're in no ordinary forest. This forest is part of the Feywild. So it doesn't seem like the arcane energy is there because of a third party. Like, it's a spell. It seems like these are indeed magic mushrooms. Okay. Do they move at all? You don't recognize the species. You have from judge from judging it with your eyes to see what you can see. You don't learn anything about them. But they're not pulsating or moving. At yep, all. they're pulsating for sure. They're not moving, but uh, some of them do. You know, seem to sway a bit. There seems to be a light breeze flowing through this part of the cave. Some of the mushrooms sort of shake a bit. Is there a small one? But they're not one? doing anything dramatic. Is there a small one near me? Like a little bitty one? Like maybe the size of a quarter? The or smallest a, patch a of mushrooms is just five feet ahead and to your right. Or ten feet ahead opposite the cavern passage. And how big are those mushrooms? Right where you see them on the map. 
Okay, so... Well, one mushroom, that big mushroom that you see at the top uh, seems to have... Oh, no, you can't... Well, I assume you can see from up there. I guess you technically can't see, but... The mushrooms within visual range are at least, you know, the, uh, some of them are as high as 10 feet tall, pushing up from the ground, about a foot wide in diameter. All right, I'm going to take out my dagger, uh, my rusty dagger, and cut off just a sliver of one of these mushrooms. Okay. All right, you have to step closer to it. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, I'll go near this one here. All right. And how do you approach cutting it? There's a, there, these mushrooms have long stems that fold up into umbrellas. These ones are about about four feet tall. They come up to your chest. The um, two largest ones in particular. There are many small ones you can pluck from as well. The outer around the base. The outer rim of the of the mushroom helmet. The, mm-hmm. the <laughs> whatever that's called. The mushroom um, helmet. Yeah. Yeah. The mushroom mm-hmm. helmet. I'm gonna just cut off a you know like a slice of that. Like the size oh, you just of want to a, take a little piece out of it. Yeah, just okay. a piece. Like, like, a, like a, little, a slice of pie. Like yeah. A, a triangle. Or what the do length, they call that? About length of like a half a pencil in length. And maybe okay. as thick as... Half a pencil in length. Okay. You know, real small. All right. So you cut out that shape. Um, I need a survival check, please. Okay. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, it's a little awkward as the mushroom sort of moves as you put the knife in it. It's not exactly taut, so cutting it's a bit difficult. You intended a pie shape. It looks more like just a piece that fell off an asteroid. It doesn't really come out that moon-shaped, <laughs> even though you try. It's, okay. it's just jagged everywhere. Okay. As you take the slice out, you notice that inside the mushroom, it glows like a bright blue light, like the the mushroom flesh is like just pulsating. You see veins running through the flesh and like white light sort of traversing through it. And as you pull it away, uh, some of it spills like, like snowflakes, like it crumples out and a little poof of the glow bluing gaseous, uh, particulate immediately fills your area. Okay. And you've got a glowing slice in your hand. Um, you get a little sneezy. Make a constitution saving throw, please. Okay. <laughs> Seven. You sneeze. Do you want to do the sneeze? Do you want me to do how loud it is? You do well, the loudest sneeze. This is the kind of, this is how I sneeze in the house and Kim wants to kill me when I do this, but I'll stand back a little bit. Here's how it goes. I usually go. <laughs> like that. Okay. The Nash makes that sound. Remember, this is Nash the character and not Scott, but I yeah, guess this, yeah, is what yeah. we're, this is what Nash does. Yeah. All right. Nash makes that sound Aah! or whatever it is you did. And yeah. then you hear echoes down the down the cave. All right. Surely, if they weren't alerted to your presence, they are now. All right. I'm going to eat the mushroom. Okay. I'm going to immediately eat it. Make a constitution saving throw, please. Okay. gonna just assume he does this very quickly yeah i think stanley and i start to have a conversation about waiting for the effects of the initial inhalation before tempting the effects of ingestion yeah it's just shocking he just went right for it 19 okay everyone hears a loud a swallow sound as you immediately feel nauseous and you swallow reactively 
Now the swallow's also imbued with your magic ability. So it's not just swallowing, but you're swallowing, you're pushing the magic bile down too. Okay. And as you take a deep breath and swallow, you feel okay. Okay. Do I notice any change? Not yet. Okay. But you feel your belly's a little on the warmth. You know when you eat something and you feel like it's heartburny or it's like working? Like yeah. there's definitely... The presence has not gotten noticed by your nervous system. Okay. Stanley will turn to Varel, uh, seeing Nash do all this very quickly, and go, Yes, Varel, I do have a means to get us there quickly, but at this point, we don't know what we're going to face, and I would rather keep myself fresh for the fight. I say we push through quickly with minimal interaction (laughs) and proceed. What does it taste like? Uh, it ta- you know, when you taste it, it tastes like... How to describe it? You know what a gingerbread house tastes like when you yeah. put a meat piece of that cookie and icing in your yeah. mouth? Yeah, like that? Yeah. Oh. Kind of like that, but earthy and grainy. Like, they're, say, like it's that mixed with grains of soil. I'll say, Stanley, it's, it's not bad. I'm not saying you should eat it. I just think it's, you know, it's good for us to know what these do before we walk through here. All right, and as you open your mouth, a bright blue and white light emits from it, shining it at Pharrell and Stanley and Omnom, and they have to make a dexterity saving throw, please. Oh, my Lord. Really? <laughs> I'm like Scott Summers, but with his mouth. Let's see those rolls. 17. 22. All right, so you shield your eyes immediately at this bright light assaults you, and you hear from behind you, Ah! What trickery is this? Ah! Ah! And you turn around and you see Omnom like, Great Fang! They've assaulted my vision! And he's in attack mode right away. He's looking around like, Stay back! Did I blind him? That's awesome. Yeah, he's blinded. Okay. Does Nash still... Is he... Constantly firing high beams? Well, as, as he keeps talking, <laughs> the, the, the beams fly out of his mouth. So as soon as he opens his mouth, he blinds everything that looks at it. I'll turn right, my thank, head. Thank you, Nash. I'll turn my head and go, sorry, and I'll aim it at the wall because I didn't know. All right, and you now have a lantern in your mouth. As you open up your mouth and cast your light in the room, a bright light shines over the Mushroom Kingdom that you're witnessing. <laughs> Omnom is behind. Great fight! Are we under attack? Where are you? Calm yourself, Omnom. Calm yourself. It is uh, the trickery of the mushrooms. For you guys! I kind of. hate mushrooms. <laughs> Omnom says. Very it, much like Indiana Jones, but Omnom style. Is your vision returning, Omnom? He blinks. Yes! All he right. blinks a bit, squints. The effect is temporary, it seems. Unless the light, unless Nash's mouth were to remain open. Nash, you must be careful with your weapons. I'll turn to the wall, get kind of close to it, and go, okay, I won't open it unless we need to. And then I'll look back at everybody. Yeah. You have volunteered, Nash. You lead the way. Okay. Yeah. Mouth. Show us the safe passage through. Mouth open or closed? What do you want? (laughs) Uh, Can you make dexterity saving throws? He just spoke to you again. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I mean, I'm looking at the wall. Yep, it's happening again. I'm looking at the wall. 18. 17. Oh, oh, are you? Yeah, you did say we were looking at the wall. I did. 
I did. I'm just going to assume that you looked back really quick and then remembered it and forgot. It seems like okay. the Nash thing to do. Is All to... right. How about let Nash make make a situational awareness roll for me, please? Okay. <laughs> Let's roll a d20. Let's make it fair. You did say you were looking at the wall. I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. It's not on your character sheet, uh, the situational awareness. He's <laughs> like, where is the situational awareness? I see him leaning over. I'm, I like to imagine he's looking at the character sheet going like, where is the... Well, I don't have plus anything to that, do I? No. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not. 15. <laughs> Definitely not. Nash does not All right. have All right. plus anything. You, it came close. You you flashed it out briefly and everyone went, ah, Nash! And then you look back at the wall. All right. So go, sorry, sorry, blinded. sorry. I'll look at the wall and the light will just kind of flash as I say sorry. Okay, I'll lead the way. And I'll, I'll turn the other direction and just kind of go ah and look and see, just see what I see. <laughs> All right, and Nash opens his mouth wide, and light pours out of it, illuminating the mushroom cavern as he begins to walk through, hoping no traps get sprung up or just you know environmental hazards from the mushrooms. And that'll conclude this week's episode of There'll Be Dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I freaking love it. All right. Lantern Nash. Yeah, this is what you do. All right. Well, <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> <laughs> I just like. Uh, I, I don't know why that's so freaking. I don't know. I, this is what Nash would do. He sees a funny looking thing. He wants to taste it or eat it. It's just his thing. I mean, it's not what he would do. He literally did it. Yeah, he did it. It's not even what he would do. You're right. Um, I'm enjoying Stanley and Varel going like, hey, what are we doing here? Do <laughs> <laughs> like, we try to keep him? Uh, all right. So we're uh, we're heading to find Hope next week. I'll have to find out how that goes and return here to uh, There Will Be Dungeons to find out more. Come watch us live. We do it at 4 p.m. Mountain Time on Sundays. And you're always welcome here live. If you can't be here live, listening to the podcast or seeing the video archive is totally fine, too. You can find it all over at therewillbedungeons.com and sign up for our Dungeons Plus membership. It helps us out a lot. It keeps the lights on. So go check that out and see what you can get, including a bonus show uh, today. It'll go up. Uh, And you can sign up now and you'll get the bonus show. Like right now, if you signed up right this second, you still get this bonus show early. If not, eh, don't wait a while for it. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening, for watching, for being here, for being a part of this. For me, for Bo, for John, for Kristen, for Kyle, for Baby Chunks. Did I forget anybody? I don't think so. I say John? Yeah, I said John. That'll do it for us. We'll see you next time. Whoops. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.